Warning, the podcast you are about to listen to will contain detailed plot spoilers. If you do not wish to have the movie ruined for you, I recommend turning the podcast off now. Also, the podcast will contain graphic and explicit language. If you don't think your ears can handle it, turn the podcast off and go change your tampon. You have been warned. Welcome to the Movie Pit Podcast, presented by RMJ Media. Welcome back to the Movie Pit Podcast. This week we're going to be talking about 1995's The Basketball Diaries. This is your host Ryan, joined as always Seth. Howdy y'all. Roxy. Hello. B. What's poppin'? And welcome back Jesse. Hello. So, let's do what we normally do, go around the room, starting with Seth, and we'll go this way around. What we've been watching, what we want to see, what we don't want to see. Alright, so I'm not going to go over everything that I've been watching because it's, you know, we've it's, it's been a lot. So um, I scoped out Rosemary's Baby um, for the first time. I I really, really wanted to see the baby with demon eyes. I was hoping they were going to show that part. You only get like a really like superimposed shot of the eyes. Mm. You do see the eyes, mm. but it's a very faint thing at the very end of the movie. Um, I was hoping I want to see full on like just evil demon baby like, you know, um, but the the whole fun fact, you know, who was a fucking uh, con- uh, consultant on that movie? Who's, who's that? Anton LaVey. Oh, OK. Uh, from the Satanists. He invented the, the founder church. of the church. Of Satan. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, whoa. Got to add some auth- uh, authenticity <laughs> to it. Yeah. And there was an urban juicy. legend going around for a long time that he's the one that played the devil in the movie. But that's. False, but hmm. that'd be cool though. I mean, I'm sure he would love that. Yeah, but that's a little too much on the on the fucking nose. I bet you he has a cameo somewhere though. Yeah, no, he no, literally was no. just a consultant. Hmm, that's some willpower. Oh, let's see here. Uh, the ninth gate. Oh, with Johnny Depp. Yeah. Um, Roman Polanski. <laughs> Roman Polanski. Polanski. <laughs> I kind Polanowski. of Polanowski. <laughs> Polanowski. Kind of like Aronofsky over there. Yeah. Oh. I think all the Niskis make good na- uh, films. Um, okay, so <laughs> <clears throat> see here, The Man Behind the Sun. That movie was fucking fucked up. It's about Unit Seven Thirty One, uh, which was like this like Japanese mm, little scientist group of people that were trying to figure out a way to beat China in the war. So by using like uh, insane horrific just warfare and they made their own version of the plague but they call it the black death and it was like 400 times stronger than the normal plague and they would like tie up people chinese guys 
and they would cut them all open while they were still alive and then they would inject the plague into them and then watch it go like through their whole body and see how quickly it could essentially decimate this person and then just see how quickly and then they would take the people who were infected for a long time and then they would suck out a syringe of them and then put that into somebody else just to see how it would mutate and evolve and shit it was fucked up they would and it's all it's all real and after after Russia invaded, the, they were like, okay, well, we can't have anybody know what the hell went on here because it was some awful ass shit. And so they, they destroyed it. They lit the bitch on fire. They killed all of, they killed all the fucking people they had. Yeah. And they were like, all right, well, we should all kill each other or we all need to kill ourselves. And they were like, whoa, let's, let's not get crazy here. And he's like, how about this? If any of us get caught by the Russians, we'll drink this little vial, you know, cyanide or whatever, and we'll die. And they were like, Okay, that's fair. But they destroyed all of it, and like all the evidence of everything, there it's just rubble. And um, it was it was the only movie that I almost had to fast forward it through this one part when they throw a cat into this pit of rats, and you watch the rats like just des like it's it's fucked. And like I read it, and it's like oh no, the cat was an actor. They put blood, and the they cat put, was an actor. The cat was an actor. They put fake blood and honey on the cat, and all the rats were just like going to you know tan on. And because there were so many rats, the cat got tired, and it just made it look that way. And after the shot was done, they gave the cat two fishes, and it was like uh, very happy. And that's what it said. Okay, and I was okay. like, no, because later on that same pit of rats, they light the building on fire, um, and so you see all the rats just running away outside out of the fucking building on fire. And it didn't look like it was any kind of CGI. It looked like these fucking rats were really goddamn on fire. It was crazy. Um, but that cat scene, I was just like, I, I was like, I don't. How old I don't is know that movie? Nineteen eighty-eight. No, that they didn't harm any animals. They wouldn't have been allowed to. Um, and, and doesn't this, matter where it was shot at. This one was the Chinese version of it. Uh, there's a Japanese version of it, and then there's actually a Chinese and Japanese version. And then there's actually other what countries. What was the name of it again? It's called uh, The Man Behind the Sun. Okay, yeah. But when you, like, YouTube it, sometimes, like, The Men Behind the Sun will pop up. Yeah. But if I remember, if I understand correctly, it is, it's The Man, because The Man Behind the Sun was the main character. I can't remember his name, but he was this fucking awful human being guy who was, like, the main doctor who was, like, telling everybody to do all these awful things to these people. Mm -hmm. um, and they were like, all right, well, let's let's talk to Hitler. He's he, he's doing some fucking work on the Jews. And all the scientists that have been doing all the experiments were telling this guy, like, no, actually, we're light years ahead of the, like, of the Nazis. Like, and they were cool. I didn't know that. But apparently... They, the Japanese and the the Nazi, like the Jew, the Germans were like they were cool with each other. And yeah, they're they allies. I didn't know that. Um, so, and then once Russia invaded, they were like fuck it. But that movie was awesome. I've I recommend it, but it's fucked up. Um, it's it was I don't know. Uh, let's see here, The Last Kingdom, uh, Seven Kings Must Die. <clears throat> okay. Um, that one was pretty cool uh, ish. It was all right. And then Ace Ventura, the first one. <laughs> Man, I need you know. to see that. It's been a minute. <laughs> yeah, considering you know your your thing, he just beats the Christ of that box throughout the whole entire beginning part of that movie. I mean, just going to town on it. Sounds broken. <laughs> Most likely. <so. laughs> yeah, man, I'm gonna have to watch that movie again. It's been a minute. Should I take off your pants? Gee, oh, let me think. 
sure. And, and it's like, he's, he's just fucking yeah. hanging on the banner. He's like, wow, people are friendly here. I don't know. The movie was Man, that's someone great. I'd like to see come back to the movies is Jim Carrey. I miss him. He's done as far as I understand. Oh, he's yeah, no. He's, I think after Sonic, he was like, I'm done skis, I right? think he's on his own little spiritual quest right now. Like, I he respect just, that, dude. If you hear him speak anymore, he's just like, he's stuck in his head. I've seen his paintings. He's been through some shit, though. Yeah. Like, I don't. It messed him up. I think I want to say when didn't one of his ex wives like commit suicide or something? Oh shit! I don't his know. Second ex, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, no, no, no. He's like his first ex was the one from Dumb and Dumber, Lauren Holly. Yeah, I think that screwed him up for a while. So is that all you've been watching? Um, hang on. <laughs> uh, Dungeons and Dragons, uh, Pope's Exorcist. Uh, Pope's Exorcist, I loved all of it up until the last act. I don't really know what the fuck happened at the very end there. I still haven't watched it yet. Okay, I'm well, you'll... For a decent yeah, I watched that with up. him. Oh, the one we have is not bad. Is it a decent quality? It's not bad. Then I'll take a look at it. Um, yeah, I watched it with you. The ending was fucking weird. I don't know why they went that way with it. I don't really remember the ending that much. Yeah. I'll make a point of watching it this week. Uh, Mario Brothers. I liked it, but I... Kind of wish it was different. Um, I liked Bowser's soft side for Peaches, for Princess Peach. Yeah. That I really liked that. I really liked that movie. That was a yeah. good movie. I it had to be it. better than the first Super Mario Brothers movie. Nothing could be worse than that piece of shit. He's right, but you still need to see it just to see yeah. it. You know? No, you really don't. No, just just because <laughs> it's do. awful and it's, it's shitty. You Even the actors it. that are in the movie say you don't need to see the movie. They don't even remember making it because they were so fucking drunk just to make it through the filming of that movie. That's tight. That's saying that's gonna be awesome. Um, and then I scoped out Renfield. I one hundred thousand percent fucking recommend Renfield. That shit was amazing. I laughed. I love so the hard. recreated scenes from the original Dracula movie. They just had they superimposed. And Nick Cage is just so over the fucking top in it, which they, is what you want from a Nick Cage. Didn't they take the original footage and superimpose? No, they literally reshot. <clears throat> huh. Okay. Um, so, anyways, Renfield, a thousand, thousand percent recommend. Fucking badass. Uh, 65. Um, so, the premise behind 65. I made it 15 minutes through that movie, and I'm like, no. Cool. Um, <laughs> so, the premise of 65 is there's this ship that is transporting cargo, and the cargo is humans. And they're going through an unknown sector of the, you know, the space. And they start running into some comets and shit or whatever, and it starts fucking their ship up. And so they have to make this, like, emergency landing onto this unknown planet. But that unknown planet is Earth, right? And so he, this guy landed on Earth 65 million years ago. And so he is roaming through this territory. His ship broke in half, and he, needs, and he found one person that's still alive, and it's this chick. Then she doesn't speak his language. Well, he uses little scanner shit, and he finds the other half of his ship that has the fucking escape pod. If we can get to that escape pod, it's like 13 kilometers away. We can get the fuck out of here. All right? Now, he's never seen a dinosaur before. And he's, like, walking around, and this dinosaur comes out of his ass and shit. And he's like, dude, there's this alien fucking thing. I don't know what the hell it is. He's telling the little girl, but she doesn't understand. So she's, like, freaking out. Anyways, he's, like, scanning around, and it turns out... The fucking 65 million years, the, the meteor, the comet or whatever, the smashing earth that killed all the dinosaurs, he's trying to run and to get to that ship before that fucking comet lands. Oh, shit. While trying to fucking survive dinosaurs. 
movie was badass. I enjoyed it quite a bit, actually, probably a lot more than I thought. But again, I love dinosaurs, and the premise itself is cool. And like the movie, it the pace is good. Um, I don't know. I liked it, but you know, I'm pretty open minded about shit now. Except this next one, Children of the Corn, the fucking new one. It, that movie's fucking hot trash. There's a new one. Yeah, it was awful. It was fucking god awful, man. It's terrible. <laughs> it was so like, bad. Like it's not like the original was great either, but I like. But dude, like they no, were, the like original the was way better. That yeah. bad. Oh wow. my god, the main character, I fucking like, hated her. Well, yeah, because they replaced fucking Isaac, who was a creepy fucking villainous character, yeah. mm-hmm. with a female who can't she act her way out of a paper fucking dude, bag. No, her. Mm-mm, I no, I she couldn't. She was she couldn't be menacing. Um, no, that movie was hot trash. It was fucking garbage all day long. I would take any of the direct-to-video sequels than uh, that fucking piece of shit. Um, Cocaine Shark, that's going to happen. Oregon Trail, <laughs> which is Oregon Trail, but they murder on it. So, um, I'm still waiting for Meth Gator. Is, is um, still waiting Cocaine for Meth just Gator. becoming like a series now? <laughs> it's. I think so. They're just going to put everything on cocaine. Well, like I said, Meth Gator's coming. Boogeyman, the Stephen King fucking one, looks that actually tight looks as fuck. pretty good. Yeah, um, young young Ep man, I love Ep man, and this one looks tight. Um, Talk to me, I think I'm super into that one. Where like okay. there, there's like this hand thing that when you put your hand on it and you say "Talk to me," it grabs you and it takes you somewhere. And they they just, it, I didn't really know what, I don't know, look fucking tight. Um, Silo, I started that actually. Um, I'm liking that so far. Um, Simulant and the resurrection of Charles Manson. Okay. okay. So, and again, this is still kind of bled over from you know weeks previously. Um, the I did see the dope ass flash trailer where you've been talking about mm-hmm. where you get to see his ass for real. Yeah. And yeah, Keaton as Keaton's Batman looks badass for an extended period Batman, of time. Yeah. I know you guys. I don't know if you've seen the original Batman's. Maybe the the first Batman with Michael Keaton. Man, no. I'm just so over Tim superhero movies. <laughs> yeah, but the this DC ones have been good. good. Does yeah. it? Yeah. Um, Peter Pan, uh, the Transformers, Beast Wars, Insidious, Fubar, well, White Men Can't Jump, um, and all that the, looks fucking terrible. Um, all the Equalizer films. Uh, it, that's what I wrote on here because of the the third one's coming out and it mm. looks kind of cool. That's all the fuck I have, sons of bitches. I want to backtrack to one person you were talking about on there. You, you, so you watched Rosemary's Baby and The Ninth Gate. Yeah. So you're on a little bit of a Polanski kick. Do you know his history? Uh-uh. Or do you know who his wife was? Tell me. Oh, you don't know? No. His wife was Sharon Tate. Sharon Tate, which is the chick from Exorcist, the Manson uh, murders. Manson murders. Oh, she was, she was the one that got out, She was pregnant, and they cut oh. her baby out of her body. Huh? So she's seen some things. Well, she's yeah, not so much anymore. Stab wounds from one chick. She got a couple models under the hood. And then fast forward to maybe fifteen, twenty years later. Polanski wins an Academy Award. He can't accept it because he's no longer allowed in this country because he had a relationship with a 12-year-old girl. Oh. <laughs> wow. Damn, he likes the cougars. You've you never seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? 
Uh, I've <clears throat> I've heard all oh I've heard all about it. My buddy Ricky told me like Tarantino. The they movie. rewrite a lot of history in that movie. That whole movie is based on <laughs> the around all that. Yeah, like you you should see it. It's, Margot Robbie plays Sharon Tate. It takes a while to get I through love it. Her. It is such a great film because they basically yeah I can't give away the ending. Yeah, you don't want to give that away. It's that, amazing. Away. That's all I can say. Tarantino. That's one of his better films yeah. for sure. I, I think it was about. 25 minutes too long, though. They could have trimmed oh, yeah, a lot no, out. They could have trimmed a lot out. That <laughs> uh, movie's too long. It's like, uh, I saw that, I just watched, not to hijack the conversation, but like, uh, I watched the extended version of, what was that? The, the Western he did. Um, uh, Hateful Eight. Hateful Eight. That's I a lot. highly recommend yeah. watching the extended version because the dialogue is so good. Mm-hmm. It is so good. And you're but you just have to like, set aside like six hours, though. Yeah. <laughs> But Netflix has it broken up into three sections. Yeah. So like, oh, dude, it's worth it for the dialogue. <laughs> so you're getting like episodes or chapters. Yeah, it's like film. two hours. It's kind of two like hours. what they did when they. Uh, do you remember the? Uh, what the fuck was it? The Metallica, <laughs> check, some check, kind check. of monster. Uh yes. When they released it on Netflix, it was in chapters. Oh. So it wasn't one long movie. It was okay. Kind of like episodes. Hmm. Or Roxy, what have we been watching? What's your um, I watched Donnie Darko. Okay. So the first time I tried to watch it was right after we watched Gummo, and for some reason I just didn't like it. I don't That's know why. That's a tough one to get into. But you do have to watch. It a I watched times. it. Um, I'm definitely gonna have to rewatch it because I didn't understand <laughs> the ending, like at all. Um, you probably won't understand the ending until you watch it like three times. <laughs> Don't worry. The only time I've seen that movie was on Shrooms, and I never want to see that movie again. <laughs> um, Don't recommend. <laughs> not a good Shroom film? God, no. A Life is Beautiful. Okay. Um, I'm pretty sure I've seen that before. I just can't remember where I watched it, who I watched it with, but... It was a pretty good film. Um, What's Eating Gilbert Grape? That was my first time watching that. Hell yeah. Um, I will say it is a great film. I just don't think I'll ever watch it again because it, it really hurt my soul a lot. That's a movie I can only watch like once a decade. Like <laughs> that, that. My mom loved that movie, but like, yeah, it's a that's a tough movie. You ever watch so. it with her? Oh yeah. Yeah. That and fried green tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> Watch them just uh just to do it. Um, blended. Okay. I like that one. I didn't think I was gonna like it because I don't really like Drew Barrymore, but I did like it. I I laughed quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I watched Wizard of Oz, watching it like kind of growing up and like knowing like the history behind it and stuff like that. It's like kind of like mm, it's weird watching it <laughs> and then i watched fantastic mr fox today oh hell yeah child yeah fuck yeah it's on hbo max now uh-huh. so i had to i watch just watched it. it like a month ago <laughs> hell yeah, yeah I, did you watch it with her oh no i oh. watched that today it's fuck cool. yeah it's a, that one's great uh-huh beep Oh, damn, no, I haven't really been watching anything other than the NBA Finals or the playoff. But, yeah. okay. I mean, I started uh, Shooter with Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> I, I don't know. If, uh, it's like a he's like an ex-military sniper, and they um they ask him to plan uh, to shoot the president, but not to, like, kill the president. They just want to know 
um, the vantage points that someone wants to. Oh, if someone was going to shoot him or if he would just shoot the president. So he sets this whole thing up, shows him all the vantage points. And then the day of they um, they shoot the dude and they blame him. So he's like on the run and shit. It's pretty dope. Okay, it's pretty dope. We watched uh, one movie with Ice Cube and Kevin Hart. Oh, Ride Along. Oh, yeah, Ride yeah, Along. yeah. I love the Ride Along movies. Yeah, that was that was movie. I forgot about those movies. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Jesse? Uh, one movie, actually. Well, I've seen it a few times, but the big short. Okay. I, yep. I like If you ever want to see a pretty good explanation of why 2008 financial crisis happened, is an e-com person... <laughs> Uh, I know most people don't understand it, but like, man, if people knew more about the financial markets, it's the most terrifying thing on earth because there's absolutely nothing in place to prevent that from happening again. And like, I think the banks have kind of doubled down on what they were doing. So at some point we'll have a nice little crash again. I don't know. I've heard that our fucking, I heard our currency is about to crash and China's going to become the next supercontinent, superpower. And then the U.S. dollar is just not going to be worth shit, and then everything's going to skyrocket in price, and then we're just going to have to deal with it, and then unless we can somehow overcome that. But that's what I've heard, and I don't know shit about shit. You know, I don't, it's, I don't read about that stuff. I'm just saying. I just did my final paper on monetary theory, and it's complicated. Yeah, that's all I can say because like money isn't real, but it's no. real enough that there's consequences. However, we don't understand the con- like we don't understand it. That's the bottom line. So, like, everyone who's, like, we're spending too much, whatever, it's, the, the fact is, no one really knows what's going to happen, and most likely, yeah, in the future we probably will, but it's not like every other country isn't doing the same thing. Uh, well, True. no, the other countries are the ones that are making our dollar go away because they're making their own currency. Yeah, Not all countries, but the big ones that are the super fucking hard hitters, they mm-hmm. are agreeing to have this other currency. No, I know, but they're doing the same thing. I mean, it's... And they're they're still just pumping out dollars in exchange for bonds. Oh, agreed. I mean, for the form of I mean, currency yeah. in itself and money and the, what it is. I agree with what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. They want to take over being the trade, but like uh, they're too authoritarian. It's not going to happen. We're still going to hold on to that, but it's yeah. Wait and see. Okay. Uh, kind of in that vein. Um, one of the things I watched this week, I watched a lot of documentaries. Nice. Um, but Enron, the smartest guys in the room. Oh, I wanted to see that, but it's so damn long. It's a, it's a long <laughs> yeah. one. Yeah. It's a long one. I thought about it. I'm like, I think it's like four hours. I'm like, like, oh. And I remember watching that in my econ- uh, economics class in college. And I never thought about it. But when they get to the point where they're talking about, well, we can jack the price of power up if we just cut the power off to the entire West Coast. And they literally cut off the entire West Coast power. Dude, we and- were in California when that shit went down. We had reservations to be at Pismo Beach, but we left a day earlier to stay in Malibu. They cut the power to the entire West Coast, and you could not get a hotel room. You couldn't pump gas. When was this? This well, fuck. Two th- 2005, Since, I want to say. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Enron, if, if you don't know the story behind <laughs> Enron, you should were, look yeah. into it. it I remember the, hearing about it. it 2005, the, I was, oh, five? Dude, no, Enron was just like basically a bunch of people just spending on money on stuff that didn't exist. And this company yep. was one of the most wealthiest companies on earth. And, and they were a big it backer was a giant of fraud. W. Bush's campaign to get elected. 
Oh, I didn't mean to say it was a bad year. That was the year that Roxy was born. My bad. I wouldn't say that was a bad year. <laughs> but yeah, definitely. Like if you can set, <laughs> if you can set the time aside, watch the documentary. It's how, on, how long is it? About two and a half hours. Okay. Okay. Hey, every, uh, it's every year place. has its good and bads. Yeah. <laughs> Life experience is just got to be thing. It's available on Plex, but the with ads. On okay. Plex. Um, I watched oh, nice. the Michael J. Fox documentary. Still, that's a tough documentary to watch. What is it about? Literally, Michael J. Fox dealing oh, with Parkinson's. Yeah, it, uh, it's a, a great documentary, and I'm happy that he finally went on camera and sp- spoke openly about it. But it's hard to yeah. fucking watch him now. I can imagine. I've been watching a relative go through dementia, and it's the same thing. Like that's just yeah. Ooh, that's not. That's rough. Yeah. That's my rough. Co- my grandma thinks I'm her cousin right now. And Every I, time I go and I see her, she's like, "Oh, I haven't seen you in forever." And she always asks me, "So where are you staying now?" And it's like, "Well, I'm in Mesa." And she's like, "Oh, I loved living in Mesa." And then like we'll just be sitting there chilling, and then like, "Oh, hi, how you doing? You know, when when did you? So where are you staying? Oh, you know, grandma, I'm doing this, da da da." And, yeah, and she's she's telling yeah. my she's telling my sister, like she's talking to her dad, and her dad's obviously been dead forever, right? My grandma's starting to talk to her dad, and my grandma's also like saying that she's this like little kid that killed somebody or or something, just like weird fucked up things like in that nature. Yeah, and when you're that close to death, I, and I know that sounds morbid, but I mean I think that your energy or like your consciousness kind of starts to melt over into like that realm between ours and maybe the next, you know what I mean? Yeah. My grandma reached the point where she just stared at the wall and it was like, she had her own little picture show going on. She was sitting there like reaching for stuff and be like, you see that? And was like, I don't see anything. Yeah. Like us on LSD, right? Her brain is t- whatever that is. Her brain's tapping into it. And then at some point it just escalates into them just being a vegetable in bed. It's a rough yeah. process, man. It well, because it sorry it to hear that destroys the brain. It yeah, it's it's weird though. I feel like, but we make the best of it. She's still ornery as hell, and that's that's, that's the best part. <laughs> she still gives a shit. Every, that's what's awesome. She's still herself, right? She's still totally herself. Just her memory. She mixes. She's got six kids, right? She mixes up the stories sometimes and the Santa. How old thing. is she? Oof, bro. I don't even know, homie. I know I'm a bad grandson for that dude. Seventy something, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. 80, I don't know, dog. Granny? Yeah. Do you know how old Granny is? No. Me, me neither. Oh, man. Uh, Sorry, audience. <laughs> yeah, so it's irrelevant anyways. It doesn't really matter. Hey, that's audience, not, that's, checking on your uh, yeah. loved ones. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Tell, Call your family and tell you you love them and hang out with them as much as you can because you're not going to be able to forever. Um, bum, bum, bum. Trying to think what else I watched. I watched uh, Fan Addict, uh, which is Bruce Campbell's documentary about going to whore conventions and public appearances and shit definitely worth the watch i think you can, you can find it on youtube wait you say whore conventions mm-hmm. horror oh <laughs> horror conventions <laughs> w-h-o-r-e conventions <laughs> i'm like wait well he might go to those too <laughs> i wouldn't oh, put it past bruce yeah, it's uh, uh, epstein's island right <laughs> ding ding <laughs> watched uh trekkies i think i've seen that yeah that's it i think they ended up making i only watched the first one i think there's a total of three of them now but just it's the strangest fucking documentary just centered all around fucking trekkies and yeah 
Interesting. I was culture. never a really Star Trek person, so it okay. always intrigues me to look at these whack jobs. Well, <laughs> yeah, know. I've never been intrigued in anything enough that I need to go dress up and. Yeah, like, I, I get people like I'll go to it, conventions but... and all that crap, but you never see me cosplay. Never. Some people absolutely. Well, that's love not true. I guess. When Halloween 2018 came out, I did go in my fucking coveralls and Michael Myers mask. That's high. <laughs> that's your most favorite is fucking favorite thing ever, fair. right? That and you did fair. it one time. <laughs> yeah. Because like, Literally remember, once. I used to, I used to print, I used to work for a comic book printing company, and so I got paid to go to Comic Con every year. And so like every year, you know, people would just fucking go all out, oh, dude. Okay. And it was cool because like people these, spend all year making. All right, I'll be honest. Costumes. Yeah, my family, my sister is a badass cosplayer. Oh, no shit. She fucking kills it. She makes all her own shit. Yeah, she's pretty balling. Uh huh. Cameron's like, in my opinion, she could be like like Jessica Negri status. Like, she's fucking badass. See, and I think that's where. Has she ever thought about getting a costume design? I've talked to her about it, and she's 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 introverted, bro. But like when she goes to Comic Con, that's a good thing about costume design, though. Yeah, you You don't have to to work with anybody but yourself. Designer. Yeah. (laughs) Um, my mom did it too. Uh, you know, she she cosplayed the, every year for like five years. Oh, wow. I think that's the key to cosplay, though. <laughs> After a while, it's not so much about the play; it's about the design. You still want to see like, it, though. Yeah. yeah. But like all it. my my sister's friends, like they would all gear up too, right? It wasn't just her. Like they'd all go as like, what was the uh, League of Legends? I think they always went as League of Legends characters, and they'd all gear up as somebody else or something. Yeah, um, I'm not sure. I didn't really know any characters, but I just. I'd go back to, like, either their hotel with them or, like, their condo or whatever they had at the time. Like, they would go all out, and I would just go out with them. And then, like, the conventions that are, like, at 2 a.m., like, the little, like, shows where the people talk and stuff like that, Mm. they would go to those, and I'd have to get stuck (laughs) with them for, like, it only happened, like, once, but I was just like, oh, my goodness. That's next level (laughs) shit. That's where they're at. Yeah, well, they loved it, and it's just, like, they look so cool, honestly. I'd rather that than, like, because I've been to, like, I don't know, I feel like fetish parties are kind of that way, where people just go all out, and then you end up at Denny's with them, and they're just in, like, fishnets. I think it'd be a lot more fun to be surrounded by (laughs) uh, cosplayers than, like, people who've been suspended from a ceiling for a couple of hours. (laughs) Right. Last fetish party, I did blow in the back of a hearse. (laughs) (laughs) In a hearse? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, fetish parties are interesting. The fetish thing, parties man. are fucking. If no one has culture. been to a fetish party, it is absolutely nothing <laughs> of what you think they're it's going fun. to be. They're fun. Everybody's super cool and nice. They're and the friendliest people. Shit. You're just gonna just see shit. expect that. Like, there's yeah. not as much nudity as you think there's gonna be. There really isn't any. Well, it depends you're on where just, it's at. If it's a house, there's a lot yeah, more. Yeah. Mine was you're gonna venue. see people hanging by their skin from the ceiling. Oh yeah, we've got lots of homies that do fucking suspension like. Yeah, and hopefully we're gonna get some of those homies on the podcast too. You know, um, but they are some coolest people. They're mm-hmm. super friendly. We got some people. We got some friends that are into some shit. Then I guess like think that covers all the documentaries I watched. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> thanks, Ryan. You're such a trooper. <laughs> I watched nine. You guys f- trying to make a documentary? <laughs> I got an idea. Yeah. Watched the first nine Fast and Furious movies to make get ready for this new one. Correct. Damn. And I watched the Man with No Name trilogy, so a fistful of dollars, a few dollars more, and the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Well, that pretty much <coughs> sums up what I've been watching. You want to take a listen to the trailer and get talking about the Basketball Diary? I would love to do that. Oh, boy, right. let's get sad. We okay. will be right back.
the dreamer, the dreamer, the dreamer, the dreamer. This city turns people into shadows. The light gone from their eyes. Teenager Jim Carroll is a drug-addicted high school basketball player who re- regularly gets into mischief with his friends Pedro, Mickey, and Neutron on the streets of New York and at school. Outside of basketball, Jim shows an artistic interest in writing, keeping his work in his journal while expressing his thoughts and creating poetry. Jim's best friend Bobby is dying of leukemia. Jim frequently visits him in the hospital. Later, after a trip to a strip show cut short by an annoyed Bobby, he passes away and Jim and his friends attend his funeral days later. Following the funeral, Jim and his friends go to the basketball court and reminisce about Bobby's life. Depressed over Bobby's death, Jim begins to use heroin. At basketball practice, Jim's coach, Swifty, sees Jim in the bathroom showers when he takes a short break to get high, where he then gropes him and offers to pay him for sex. Jim refuses and pushes Swifty headfirst into the wall. As Jim's frustrations with school and life grow over time, he imagines shooting his classmates. The next day before a game, Jim, Pedro, and Mickey take pills from Pedro's hat, hoping they are uppers. Neutron refuses the pills and confronts Jim about his growing habit. The pills happen to be downers, and they cause the boys to perform disastrously during the game. A teacher who notices the boys engaging in drug uses tells Jim and Mickey that they are suspended for a week, 
while Swifty tells Jim that he is now banned from playing basketball for his school ever again. Jim and Mickey, in response, resign from the team and drop out of school while Neutron stays on. After exposing his stash of drugs, Jim's religious mother disowns him and exiles a depressed Jim out of their apartment. Jim, Mickey, and Pedro from then on only live for their next score as homeless addicts. One later excursion has them break into a candy shop for money. Mickey finds a gun in the cash register and takes it. Hearing sirens, Jim and Mickey escape, but Pedro, too high and hungover to realize the situation, is left behind and arrested. Jim continues a desperate life of shady dealings and getting high with Mickey, and by the coming winter, passes out in the snow high on heroin. Jim's friend, Reggie, who sympathizes with Jim over his predicament, having been in a similar situation, finds him, takes him to his apartment, and forces him to detox, but Jim relapses. Back on the street, Jim is desperate for more drugs and resorts to prostituting himself at a public restroom. Later, Jim and Mickey buy heroin, but discover that the dealer ripped them off. Enraged, Mickey corners the dealer on the roof of an apartment building. He accidentally pushes the man off the roof to his death. Mickey tries to escape, but is beaten by a gang and then arrested. He is later tried as an, as an adult and convicted. After escaping with nowhere else to go, Jim returns to his mother's apartment and she reports him to the police. Jim is arrested, convicted, and sentenced to six months incarceration at Rikers Island for assault, robbery, resisting arrest, and possession of narcotics. There he spends the time in jail getting clean. Six months later, Jim approaches a stage door to give a poetry reading. He encounters Pedro, who has been released from reform school. Pedro offers him a bag of drugs, which Jim refuses. Jim later recites his work before an audience and receives applause as credits roll. So we'll start with Seth. We'll go around the room the same way we just did. Initial thoughts and whether or not this is the first time you saw this movie. I know this isn't the first time you did, but... Um, but I, I saw this movie one time, and it was the first time I ever got assigned alcohol classes. Um, like, one of the last classes we had, the teacher was just like, I just want you guys to watch this movie. <laughs> and it was, it, was, it was this, and I hadn't watched it since. Um, I'm going to be honest, out of, like, Requiem for a Dream and uh, pretty much anything else that we've watched that's kind of been in this genre, this one, I think, for me, has been the hardest to watch. Just because that, like, watching, I, I, I forgot how hardcore it was. And it, I've hit rock bottom, man. I know what it's like. <clears throat> I, I've never done, like, that begging my parents kind of shit like that. But I, I've never fucking had a guy suck my dick or I've never <laughs> sucked a guy's dick for drugs or nothing fucked up like that. But I've hit some rock bottoms that were just like, oof, this movie just hit. Just, I don't know. <clears throat> it's, it's just hits too close to home. Yeah, you're like it's it's the situation I think where you're like, yeah, I can under like you're not obviously having some dude suck your dick for money, but you're like, I can relate. <laughs> yeah, but in a way, I'm I'm sucking a dick for drugs, like in a way, like not not yeah. literally, but like you've had I'm to sacrifice parts of your soul for something. You're like, oh, oh yeah. Um, I you know what? I kind of saw some weird parallels of this kind of with uh, American History X, kind of how. In the sense of 
uh, the narration, like the voiceover narration. The kid's kind of telling the story, and he's kind of telling his redemption story, kind of like, except obviously, you know, he's he's one of one of them's dead. The other one actually redeems himself and actually does something better with his you know life and becomes a writer and whatnot. But it was just like this young kid telling a story of something kind of like controversial and you know drug addiction compared to racism. But still, it was a struggle that's very real, right? It's still a very real, apparent kind of issue that goes yeah. on, you know, today. But yeah, it's actually gotten worse. Yeah. It's crazy to think this was written in like what ninety seven and was it ninety seven? It was the book was written in ninety two. The movie came out in ninety five. Yeah, and it's like look where we are now. We've done a great job with that. Roxy, what did you think? <laughs> um, I enjoyed it. Um, I did end up crying, <laughs> but I think, I think the storyline was pretty good. I, there was this one documentary I got shown about this basketball player that got hooked onto drugs, and it kind of like reminded me of that story, but it wasn't as crazy and insane as mm. this story, but... Yeah. Um, I've only seen Leonardo DiCaprio and uh, What's Eating Gilbert Grape and uh, The Great Gatsby. Okay. <laughs> nice. So, um, this is, I don't know. I think he did such a great job on it. And with the whole him crying to his mom. Yeah. That hurt my soul a lot just watching him transform to trying to be like su- like sweet and innocent to just into a monster and then now his mom's afraid of his ass because the drug addiction is fucking making him a beast and like how that guy helped reggie yeah reggie helped him out and like he went through all that withdrawal and then reggie dips and it's like i knew he was going to relapse like it mm. was just like that Why would you so leave much. him like that? And then he <clears throat> just starts fiending. And yeah. Well, what I'll say is Reggie that. did what he should have done. Because he had been detoxed enough. You can't babysit an addict. You have to let them fail if they're going to fail. And that's pretty much what he did. Kind of like hitting rock bottom again. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, well, the bottom line, anyone they'll tell you in rehab. No, I haven't been there, but I know people have. And they're like, if you're not there for yourself, nope. you're there for somebody else, you're going to relapse. Yep. Yeah, when I when I was kind of starting. Rehab to, only works if you want it to. I never went to rehab. I, I was just like, nope. I don't feel the need. I, it was just like. But you wanted it. Like, really, I don't think you need rehab unless, like, you're that far gone. If you just have will. Cause you I've had a you lot know if you need it. You will know. Yeah. It's more like I need to develop. I want to quit. I don't have the coping mechanism. Well, there was times. No, I will be totally honest. There was a couple of times where I was like, no, I think I'm going to commit myself. Like, But I was like, dude, I, I, this is going to sound really shitty, and I apologize if this is not accurate at all. But for the most part, the people that I have known that have gone into rehab, their success rates, I don't really know if they're as high as maybe the intention is, but a lot of my friends who have gone to rehab sneak out and then they fucking do another hit and they're dead like i said or rehab only works if you really want to be there right like my brother was in and out of rehabs different ones different ones was in sober living sober living the only thing that got through to him was when he went to prison yeah he realized i don't want to go come back here Mm -hmm. and he hasn't used but why go so but why 
Why continue to go back to rehab if you if it's failed you time and time again? Because if you agree to go to rehab, you don't go to jail. And they let it's you a, keep fucking doing that over yep. and over again. But well, rehab costs you, money, though. Oh, yeah. Okay. Unless you have insurance. Well, mm. some people, I think, just don't have the willpower either. Like, I know that's going to sound harsh, but it's like everyone I know who's done it on their own were just strong-minded. And they're just like, yeah. I'm, I'm going to suffer. And I had to make I'm a choice. do this because it's painful. <coughs> well, B, what would you sure. think of this? <coughs> I, I thought it was a pretty great movie. Uh, I can... I can relate to the the addiction parts and stuff and yeah it, it's weird seeing marky mark so young and, yeah. and, uh, on heroin in a film yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty weird i love marky mark i think he's i think, I he's, think right. he's the buff, yeah. the buffest heroin addict i've ever yeah. seen yeah. <laughs> yeah he was a jack junkie that's for sure uh, leonardo DiCaprio, he's he's okay too I, inception is probably my favorite movie that he's ever made okay so but other than that, no, yeah, it's it's a pretty great movie. It's a pretty great movie. Yeah, it's crazy because the the title. I'm not saying judge a book by its cover, but when you hear the the title of the film, Basketball Diaries, you're like, okay, what, what the movie really I, has I was like, nothing yeah, to do okay, uh huh, exactly. <laughs> it should have just been called the Heroin Diaries. That, exactly, and that's pretty much maybe that was a little too on the nose or on the on the vein, if you will. Well, how um, they fucking marketed the book was that Jim Carroll was a prodigy of. High school basketball. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. No, old in his boy own was... mind. In his own mind, maybe. Oh no, old old Skinwalker McGee. I thought he was the, the prodigy <laughs> um, who ended up dying. Oh, um, oh Richie or Bobby. 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 Yeah, we've all had a Bobby. Yeah, we'll touch on that one here. Oh, you're gonna touch me? Uh, <laughs> Just I like am the not coach. the coach. I have what. <laughs> 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 well played. <laughs> um. You I'm want actually going to be, the, be the, the one holdout on this one. Like, I remember seeing this back in the mid-90s when it came out and remembering that it was I, I liked the movie. Watching it five times this week, movie does not hold up. I do not like this movie. I do not think it's a good, well-made film. It's a poor portrayal of what heroin addiction is, in my opinion. Okay. Because from watching that movie... I'm 100% positive that nobody working that movie has ever seen anyone go through heroin withdrawals. Well, what about train spotting? Do you think you see a baby with a fucking climbing on the ceiling and its head turn around shit? Do you think you see yourself climbing into a toilet looking for heroin? Yeah. But I've, but how is that I've any different? I've watched my brother doing it. Okay, and, but how is okay. that any different than the portrayal in this film? It just wasn't as like... It's only 36 hours. Everybody's experience withdrawal, is different. No, heroin withdrawal is only 30, physical withdrawals, only medically 36 hours. It doesn't matter who you are. Regar okay, so I, <laughs> I'm not disagreeing with the amount of time. I'm just saying that everybody's experience during that time period is different. And so the portrayal in train spotting is obviously completely different than the portrayal in this film. They're well, two different experiences, two different stories told about the same drug. But you're. It's valid. Where train spotting and this one differ is. My issue on the portrayal on this one is specifically the withdrawal. Train spotting is the majority of the movie you're just dealing with the addiction, not the withdrawal. Okay. I I right and and I agree with that as well. What I'm saying is the portrayal of the withdrawal is is about a heroin withdrawal. Mm -hmm. 
and they're two different films and they're portrayed two different ways and because they're two different people and two different stories and they're just depicting their experience of the heroin withdrawal differently i just don't understand why this one is so much more severe to train spotting or maybe some other hair uh what the fucking else has heroin not spun spun doesn't do heroin uh requiem doesn't do heroin i i i thought they were doing oh yeah and his his uh, come down, I think he came down while they were in jail, right in that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, his experience was different. It was it's just depicted differently. I just I, I that's what I, I'm having a hard time understanding where you're coming from in regards to why this is such a shitty version of why why this version of it made your point of view of the film a lot lesser than maybe the rest of ours is going to be. So it was it was a decent film. You're, <clears throat> but I haven't seen it five times in a row. I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I, I'm being biased. If you're that fucking strung out and needing a fix, you're not. Yeah, you're going to be agitated. But you would not be acting. There's no way you'd have the energy to be acting like that. There's so, no way. Now, thank you. I will agree with that because they were way too uppy. I've watched heroin. I've wa- you know. It's I've, a fucking downer. I've, yeah, yeah I've watched kids on heroin uppy. in front of me. I've watched them shoot up in front of me. I've watched them come down. Like I've seen it all. This little kid that I grew up with, like lived two streets down. I, I go to That's jail. That's why it's called the fucking heroin nod. It's yeah. Oh, but he was sweaty as a fucker. But like he's like, oh, now I'm normal, dude. You're. How are you gonna drive to work now? You are so fucked up right now. There's you, your eyes can't even you can't even keep them open. But I agree with you. They were way too hyper in this to be coming. Yeah. When you're coming down, you are kind of feeny. But he was like cracky feeny, not yeah. heroin. Yeah, that's, come down. That's what feeny. I'm saying. This wasn't but, depicting but not fucking the, heroin. It was um, depicting other fucking drugs. Um, like crack and fucking meth. That's what that looks like. Not heroin. Yeah. When you're withdrawing from heroin. You are literally, you feel like you're going to die because you're on your deathbed and you can't move. See, my problem with the film is just the random stuff like Leo having a cracked head at some point with absolutely no explanation. Yeah, Yeah, there's a lot. He's just suddenly (laughs) bleeding and about to get laid and do cocaine. It's like, wait. Oh, so, um, okay, Roxy, so then you make a good point. We think, you think that the blood... Came from his dome piece when they were rock diving or, or cliff jumping. Yeah, because um, right after that, I clips to them in that scene, so I, that's why I just assumed. I'm wondering if like, I've never seen a DVD copy of this. I wonder if there's deleted scenes somewhere. That's my okay. guess. Yeah, that's the only. And I've way never to read the it. book. Never planned to. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's. Uh, I don't like getting too in depth into addiction past. I don't need to read a book on that stuff. <laughs> yeah. I feel that. <clears throat> Man, just... Because books go so in-depth on it, I feel like that would be just like one of those reads where I'll you're like... i probably have to read it. Yeah, I kind of finished yeah. the other ones off. Or... Oh, obviously. <laughs> we'll scope it out. And my other, like, my biggest other pet peeve with this movie is like this movie's textbook of how not to make a movie. Like the casting, there's some good actors in this movie, but the casting is all over the fucking place. Like the casting of Bobby. They're schoolmates. DiCaprio was 19 when they shot this movie. That dude was fucking 30 when they shot this movie. That explains why he was such a prodigy in the basketball. <laughs> yeah, he's been there so fucking long because yeah, he can't fucking graduate. He's a super mega senior. Mega, I mega. still stand by that motherfucker look like fucking Uncle Fester. They, that was the worst anybody, cancer yeah. makeup I've ever seen in any movie ever. <laughs> Well, even fucking DiCaprio kind of started looking festery 
uh, with hair, but he had a beanie on, so he looked festery from kind of like, you know, the, the dome yeah, down. Yeah, just literally like, they're like, okay, so he's dying of cancer. Being an addict is kind of like dying, so let's just put eyeshadow around the eyes and darken them. Yeah, yeah. That, that's suck it in. That's not how <laughs> it works. He looks pretty sick, yeah, I think. <laughs> I think this people will buy it, right? Well, how do they... I mean, you've watched like every single episode of fucking Intervention. Yeah, MB just showed me that. A&E has all 278 episodes. So. 278 stories of addicts. That show's been on for, what, 15 years? That's no, crazy. It's I've, been a long fucking run. Nationwide? I know the first seasons very well, but... um. I used to watch it religiously every week. Yeah, damn. It always broke my heart. Usually, like, you don't really see them go through their withdrawals, right? Because they're in rehab. So you don't see that process, but like, I don't know. I don't, can't really recall the like heroin addicts, but like, they're, they didn't look that god awful whenever they were using and stuff. And like, again, the heroin addicts were always down. Like, there's this one specific woman that I just remember her sitting on her floor and she has the bell around her arm. And she just, she shoots up and just instantly is starting to nod off. So it's like... Once they (laughs) plunge that into their vein, they're pretty much going to be out before they can take the needle out of their arm. Yeah, and it's just hanging there. And like, and then when you like, some like, this like couple on intervention, like they were just like trying every vein that they could. And they like would go into like their pubic area and try and like get those veins or like this woman tried to get in the veins in her neck and it's like uh, ugh, that's that's so no. brutal that's how harsh that just addiction tells you is how like rough those drugs are though like there you was want a, it so much you're gonna inject your neck there was a dude that was brought into the our fucking pod when i was at durango uh he got taken to medical uh a day after coming in because he had an infection because he was had blown all of the veins in his arms out and he was shooting into his fucking dick oh. and got a fucking infection. Oh no. <laughs> Never saw him again. <laughs> my my time in there. Um, well, we think of Requiem, right? He kept shooting up in his. A arm. lot of people, if you have abscess, a lot of people will fucking shoot on because they know that's a direct line. Well, <laughs> I know that I watched this like little documentary and it's this guy who. I want to say it's in um, Pennsylvania, Kensington Kensington or whatever. Um, It's like really bad there right now. So he goes out there and helps them. And right now fentanyl and benzos mixed. I guess when they shoot it up, it'll like try and come out of their skin. So their skin's like deteriorating and Mm. just rotting. And so he tries and helps them. But they just, they keep shooting up. So it keeps making it worse and worse and it just looks so awful just these holes and just yeah Ugh. um huh okay well we were all sitting here trying to be all <clears throat> question this question that about heroin withdrawals so i decided just to kind of google it and so like acute or short-term symptoms of heroin withdrawal says 
heroin withdrawals can occur within hours of someone's last dose of heroin. Typically, heroin withdrawals start around 8 to 24 hours after someone's mm-hmm. last use. However, exactly when acute short-term heroin withdrawal symptoms appear can vary between individuals. Acute heroin withdrawal can last anywhere from 3 to 10 days. The duration of acute heroin withdrawal may vary and depends on factors such as frequency of heroin use, dose of heroin used, and duration of heroin use. A person's individual and and genetic factors play a role as well, including current physical and mental health condition and medications or other substances they use. Now, this is the one that's interesting to me based off of what we were all talking about. So it says, short-term symptoms of heroin withdrawal are very uncomfortable and distressing, leading many to return to heroin use. Short-term signs and symptoms of heroin withdrawal may include fast pulse, increased breathing rate, increased blood pressure, elevated body temperature, sleep disturbances such as insomnia, dilated pupils, unusually heightened reflexes, sweating, goosebumps, watery discharge from eyes and nose, muscle spasms, cramps, pains, bone pain, nausea and vomiting, and diarrhea. So, I mean, I kind of feel like that character did, and listen, I'm wrong, did, did he de- show any of those symptoms that I just read right now in the movie? Maybe increased pulse. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was something you can't. I mean, I guess you can't it. really tell. Um, I'd have to check his heart. <laughs> he was pretty sweaty. I mean, uh, increased blood pressure. Maybe that's what made him kind of hyper. Did they say anything like about vomiting? It looked like he had like yeah, nausea vomit. and vomiting, diarrhea. Oh, you will vomit. Muscle spasms, cramps, sure. pain, watery discharge from eyes and nose. I mean, I he was fucking. He was. He had uh, all that shit coming yeah. from his. He had all that shit coming from his face. Um, well, cause I, <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> he definitely needed to be like, Oh my God, I got the heroin shits. Well, the heroin shits are, you don't shit for a long time and then it just comes out. Do you guys think that, um, that one, the druggy chick that was in it that kept coming around that he saw later on and she was all trying to be better than her. Do you think it would have been cool if they had kind of told a little bit more, like just a little pinch of a backstory of how she yeah, cleaned up? I feel like this whole movie has, I feel like that's the flaw in it all over. Is like they just kind of show stuff like, oh, if, this happened. If they showed a flash of it, I'd be okay with that. But I kind of like the way they did it. Maybe that that you see her once when she's gacked out of her fucking mind. Well, a couple mind. times. The only times you see her. Well, yeah. yeah. And you see him more or less sober. Then the next time you see her, she's squeaky clean. Yeah. And he's the fuck up. How much time do we think passed between the last time you see her all fucking drug the hell out and then her being Miss Clean Girl? Dude, that's a process. <clears throat> Probably like a year. That's, that's the hard thing with this movie. Yeah, dude, that's they, true. They the time, don't give you any timeline. Fucking sucks, uh, huh? Like, you have they, no idea. Yeah, there's no timeline in this fucking he movie. Like, yeah. He's like sick and then it pans over to him eating. And like. Then Reggie's leaving, you know, so. And he looks all clean and healthy. Yeah, and, and then all that's good. whenever he goes and runs out to her. Cause from and then, but he asks her for <coughs> money. Yeah, uh, didn't he steal money from the safe? So I had assumed he had money unless he was trying to collect more money. And then it's like that guy comes along and then he's. Getting high, or he's getting head in the stall, but then he sees the gym teacher, so it's like, what was going on there? 
So like the only I think it was like, a hallucination. The only guaranteed timeline like I know in this movie. No, he was fucked up. When that dude, when that yeah, old man was sucking like his soul out of him. I think that was supposed to be more like him just having flashbacks and being You don't like, see him relapse. I feel like that whole bathroom scene was just him having like a trauma response to being like oh my god, this is about to happen, and he's just thinking back to, like, it's not well described, but I think that's just supposed to be, like, a flashback of his gym teacher, and he's just like, oh man, I'm being assaulted again, which he kind of is. Well, that's what, yeah, that's kind of, I thought that's what we were saying, is he was, he was so fucked up, and while that old dude was sucking his soul from his dick for drugs, (laughs) he, he, the reason he felt that way is because the first time he ever felt this dirty is when that teacher, I mean, because you saw how fucking angry he got when he was grabbing his junk, right? I don't Oh, yeah, but wouldn't up, you get so No, 100%, angry, yeah. but think because about it. Because the thing is... Now yeah. he's now it, it wouldn't matter if I was on heroin or not. You touched me then. Yeah, That's... You, the thing about I it, wouldn't right? have thrown you head first into a wall. Yeah, but the thing Let's about put it, it that way. Yeah. That's fair. The thing about yeah, drug addiction, fair. though, is like, dude, he's not doing that stuff if he's high. He's doing that because he's desperate to get high. He's dead sober in that experience. Yeah. That's not how addicts work. They're, they're not doing stupid shit when they're... I mean, so they you think good. he was sober... Yeah, because he was so desperate to get high. Like, he was probably withdrawing. He's like, I need drugs. I need drugs. Oh. You want to suck my dick? And that's why he was having that trauma response of, like, I got to get high. I'm just going to sell my soul right. to do this. And this yeah. is just him reliving, like, his that whole experience. experience well, yeah, when that, that the gym See, teacher grabbed his dick. the flip side to the... No, granted, it's a comedy movie. But oh. it's the flip side to Bob Saget's line and fucking Half-Baked. I used to suck dick for coke. Did you ever suck dick for marijuana? Yeah. No, I don't fucking think so. Yeah. So yeah. I've seen him. Huh? People do fucking wicked ass shit when they're looking for a fix. Yeah, dude, don't don't discount how much withdrawals will make you do anything. You talk to people on heroin, they're like, as soon as you hit that withdrawal stage, you're just like, I gotta get high. So then I I don't have money. I I need to get high. But it was still a hallucination based off of withdrawals. I think that was just his. Yeah, he was. He's like, I felt dirty when the gym teacher did this to me. Now I'm having this done to me. I'm being paid for this. Yeah. And I think it just made him be like, that's where he hit rock bottom again. Like, oh my god, that's why he like ran out all shitty. No, that wasn't even rock bottom for him either, though. Because the thing is, is he it wasn't rock bottom until what when he went to prison. That was his rock bottom. Because that's when like rock bottom's basically rock when you bottom. To yeah, literally when the mom calls the cops. Yeah, out. when he goes to prison, then he finally gets his bottom rocked. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Come on, I thought we were all right there. We were all right there. <laughs> he's not getting his dick sucked anymore. He is the yeah. bitch. <laughs> it, well, it's kind of like in Party Monster where he's like, I get all the sex that I want here because he's in prison and they're gay. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so Ryan, let's do this. Um, I was trying to think. I was going to say something. Oh, you know. Oh, another parallel to American History X is the black, like the 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 main character that is trying to help him fix his life is another like strong, independent black dude. And I like the fact that early on that you know that he's been in the same situation that Jim is going to be in by the end of the movie. Just when they're playing basketball together and their mm. conversations and shit, and yeah. you see some of the dealings with Reggie on the street and everything, you know yeah. he's been there before. Mm-hmm. And all he wants to do is help this kid. Yeah. And it's kind of sad when he fucking backstabs him. He knows much. it, though. That's he, the thing. Is he's he knows like, it's going to happen. He's got to do his own thing. Yeah. He's going to choose. Yeah. I mean, I think it's nice at the end of the movie that you see him at his recital. Yeah. yeah. And he was pumped, you know what I mean? And he wanted yeah. that. 
Like I said, sometimes I've been through that, man. <clears throat> I've, fuck? Yeah, I've like, watched friends go through that, and I'm always cheering for them. And I'm just like, hell yeah, man, you got through it. Like I'm a firm believer. Sometimes rehab, all that crap ain't gonna work. Sometimes incarceration is the only thing that's gonna fucking clean somebody up. You know, also what I would love to do about with this movie is do research on because they said the one dude has a uh, uh, Marky Mark's character. He went to prison for three to fifteen. Five to fifteen. Five to fifteen. So. Either he's if he's still alive, he's out, right? And that dude might still. That depends. Um, Remember, I looked up at like five to fifteen is a long time in jail, and you have to be on your best behavior to get out in that time. Without catching well, any I figured other once he's cleaned up and wasn't on heroin anymore, but it's then 15 he would. Fifteen years, you serve eighty percent of your time. So good behavior, realistically, out in like twelve. So if he, he's he good. Could, I would like to. So you said you did homework to see how that guy's doing or what? Oh no. So I looked up like, um, Jim, what his name is, Jim Carroll. What is his name? Uh, Jim Carroll. Jim Carroll. Um, I looked him up, and then it liked, and the like. Oh, people also research like what happened to his friends, and it just said like a bunch of his all of them are dead and stuff like that. Oh, from, oh like, Jim Carroll's also dead. Yeah, that. Yeah, I saw that too. From drugs? No, from a heart attack. Oh. Probably from drugs. From drugs. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, yeah. Well, I just saw that on the of drugs. Yeah. Even though you get clean, doesn't mean you well, didn't yeah. screw up your body. What, at like 60? You died at the age of 60? Yeah, he was 60. Okay. Like, that's that's not terrible. But how much of it he spent addict. in prison or jail? He only, well, in this movie, six months. <clears throat> mm. But in real life, it's, it is different? That I really don't know. I haven't done much research on the man. That's fair. It was probably about six months. I mean, if if the crimes he actually did, that'd be fair if he wasn't a first <laughs> offender. Yeah. That seems about right. But, yeah. But it also doesn't seem like enough time for you to be like, maybe I need to reverse. I, maybe he just had enough. Who knows? The, the, the movie really does leave out a lot. Like, it doesn't go too deep into stuff, I feel like. It's just mostly the narration of just his ass and him explaining everything and yeah, what's going it's, on. it's just kind of like a story thrown together. That's how this movie felt. Um, I wasn't... The the cinematography in it was, like, just basic as fuck to me. There wasn't, there wasn't a whole lot of scenes where I was like, that's a fucking tight scene or, like... And even though the the monologue overword was like really good, I like that a lot, right? That, that always I, I like most movies that do that because I really feel like it adds like to the film overall, the mm. overall <clears throat> just kind of dialogue over it. But for the most part, the film itself wasn't anything. The scene with him crying at his mom, I mean, that was a powerful scene, but it, the angle was pretty basic. You know, even them doing heroin, some of the the addiction, but like okay, thirteen for example, right? We like we like the cinematography on thirteen. That, I mean, in regards to talking mm-hmm. about being fucked up and being in public and whatnot, even um, uh, Fear and Loathing, the camera's all fucked up and shit right here. Oh, and, yeah. and with that, in this, he wasn't, the camera didn't kind of go with the character and how he was feeling. He just kind of just p- pictured, like, I'm watching you go through these drugs. I'm and watching that's you go what through. I meant when I said this is an example of how not to make a movie. Okay. Like the. So Fear I'm helping prove your point. Yeah. 13 mm-hmm. is beautiful. Yeah, they were Requiem. made by filmmakers. Yeah, the guy who directed this movie and wrote the screenplay. The next movie he did was Twelve Years Later, was Deuces Wild, which was a take it or leave it film. Okay, the only thing the dude ever fucking did was direct Marky Mark videos, music videos or films, music videos. <laughs> okay, 
That's all he fucking did before this fucking movie. Oh, fair. Okay, <laughs> I will. That, that makes sense. He's just like, Shh, go. But at the same time, I can somehow justify that shittiness with how this movie makes me feel. I can justify that because the movie does fuck me up, and I like movies that do that to me. You know what I mean? It, I mean, it made Roxy cry a couple times, right? Because <laughs> she gets it, right? Somewhere, somewhere in in us, it it, t- it touched us in a place. It's like. That fucking sucks. I feel that. I see that. I hear that, you know? Well, I feel like drug addiction is such a taboo thing to talk about or to shoot movies about. It's seriously depressing, but, like, it's such a real issue, and it's just gotten worse, and it just seems like, I don't know. I think it's just hard to see on there, because, like, there, besides, like, train spotting and all that, how many other films can you think of, especially modern, where, like, they go down a rabbit hole of, like, yo, this is addiction. Nobody really wants to see that. I guess Euphoria. I was going to say a TV yeah. show, Euphoria. Yeah. And um, then... But Euphoria also glamorizes oh, yeah. the yeah, hell I mean, out of oh, How many yeah. of them are trying to give you a sober reality of like, yo, this is addiction. I can't think of a modern movie where I'm sure they exist, but... So who, it's a rough, it's a rough topic, man. It's not for everybody to watch that. Oh hell no! Most no, people would rather pretend like it's not happening, and I think that's why it's just. And such I don't want to meet the person that country. says it is something that they openly want to see. No. <laughs> yeah, I think we've definitely come across some content that makes people uncomfortable. Uh, I guess like why it hits me hard is like you think about it and you're like, that's a mom. Think about if it was your kid, like. God, that would be so heartbreaking for your kid to be there and just asking you for money, but well, they're out on the street. When was the last time they saw each other? Yeah. I'm, you're never going to fucking see me again, right? Was the last time of that conversation? You, the last time you saw her was she was praying for him to oh, be Oh, okay God, that hurt so sh- much. I hated yeah, that. that he was oh. shooting up, so it's just like, that's heartbreaking, too. She just wants her, her baby to be okay. But see, that's the character I identified most with, was the mother, because... I've been dealing, doesn't matter if it's drugs, alcohol, name an addiction, I've had to clean up after it Yeah. since I was fucking 13 years old. So I get that when somebody leaves, not knowing, are they going to be coming back? Yeah. What's happening to them when they're out there? Yeah, it fucking drains you. And that's why I get irritated going back and watching this movie now of how it was ex- executed. Yeah. Yeah, the mom was a good character. I'd say she was actually yeah. one of the strongest characters in the movie. And they did get a lot, like a lot of people, I will give them credit, a lot of people in this movie eventually went on to all-star in The Sopranos. Like, there was a ton of cast members in this movie from The Sopranos, <laughs> including the mother. Yeah, she, she, that was some of the realest, realest stuff. And it is sad because it's like the drug just turns him into this little monster where he's just like hates his mom. Mm-hmm. That's, that's yeah, it's, heartbreaking. It's a rough fucking Well, and thing. just on a, you know, a snap, just on a turn like, stop, just boom. He's like, Mom, I need help. I need money. Oh, God, I did something bad. I witnessed something bad. He's, and it's, he, he didn't get an accessory to murder for that, that dude, um, because his homie got in trouble for that, right? But there was no, he wasn't associated with that. He wasn't caught on the scene of that crime. Yeah. Right? Technically, would you guys say he was an accessory? Or w- oh yeah yeah oh absolutely oh yeah he was chasing that guy with him he should he shouldn't have done that he's even though he was like he technically he was trying to stop Mickey 
but he was still in pursuit of the other guy. And yeah. At the same time, so yeah. Well, he ripped him off, right? So it's like I get, we got to get justification. Um, Mickey just one-upped it with pulling the piece out. Yeah. Well, and it's like just, the only reason that he didn't get fucking caught up on that one is because he didn't get jumped by the fucking guys on the street and didn't yeah, get arrested he, for it. He was in shock on the roof. Mm-hmm. So I feel like this movie does an accurate portrayal too of just like addicts and their friends just not making great ideas. And even though like he probably didn't want to see that guy die, just the fact that he put himself in a situation surrounded by those kind of people, it's just a matter of time before. Like, that's just what happens to those kind of people. It's sad. Well, yeah, and if you think about it, you surround he was yourself willing with, to shoot the guy and technically killed the guy over a $20 bag. Like, honestly, he should have had a, a reality check in the in the store when he finds the gun and starts, like, when he whacks his friend over the head. Like, that should have been like, yeah. yo, you're going to get me in trouble someday. But he still chooses to associate with that person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who was the weakest character in this? I'd probably say Mark Wahlberg's character. (laughs) Yeah, the buff, the buff uh, heroin addict. Yeah. Yeah, What What about that little, the little guy that gets busted at the candy shop? I thought Pedro. uh, I think he's the weakest character. Okay, so you get that. That was. I don't think he's a weak character. That's how just how that dude is. Yeah, that's very much how that dude is in real life. (laughs) How he acts. He really doesn't matter to the film. No, he does not play a pivotal that's role. That's not a character that needed to be in the movie. Except, oh, no, no even well, the, but he did except for the comeback at the end to kind of show and be like, holy shit. That, so now he had that moment that he had with the chick, but she, obviously he yeah, wasn't yeah, a cunt yeah. to, to his homie. He was just like, yeah, dude, I'm coming here, you know. And See, Pedro actually in my opinion had more to do with the story than the fourth friend, Neutron. I didn't even know who the fuck Neutron was. That's, <laughs> that's why I was like, why is point. he being betrayed? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Where the fuck did that guy come from? Was he jumping off the shit with everybody else? Yeah. Fuck. I, there was, he was a total of four of them at all times. He had <laughs> six lines or something most, yeah, right? What like, the fuck did he do? He had no purpose in the fucking movie he at was all. A, he had to do as a cuck. Um, <laughs> does anybody want anything from Taco Bell? <laughs> oh, I'm good. No. No. No, I'm good. Thank you. Um, yeah, I'm I, not even going to ask. We lightly discussed it the cinematography like i said this movie's just lacking in that altogether yeah what what cinematography it, even like the, i think the sound design is terrible in it this looked movie. like it was all just a soundstage yeah and it was I like west side story almost. i didn't like the sound editing or it, it nothing was balanced it it was just a kind of a clusterfuck of noises in the entire damn movie yeah i'd agree with that what did you think about the sound editing um, and the mixing. I like the score. The music was all pretty good. I feel like it did feel it fit the situations based on what was going on for the most part. Oh, I'll give the score credit. Yeah. Um, the sound editing. I mean, there wasn't anything that I was like, "Well, that's fucking not right." You know what I mean? He, uh, well, like, we were just saying, it's just like a jumbled mess. It's not well balanced. You know what I mean? Yes. Okay, that's fair. Um, yeah. The, the yeah because in I feel like in the beginning of the film we were kind of I was kind of having a hard time hearing everything, but towards the end of it I could hear all the dialogue perfectly. 
And I don't know yeah. if that was just me getting used to the the new system or if like that was the sound shitty editing, like you're saying. Like I said, I think it's literally just what happened in the fucking the editing booth. They did not know how to fucking <laughs> level it, like ma- match their levels throughout the in- from one scene to the next. Because you figure, like you said, if that dude only did music videos, then the only sound editing that he has is the music video playing <laughs> the just song. Put the track on. Uh-huh, yeah, exactly. He that's all any of that. That's all he has. <laughs> Um, he just presses play. Yeah. Okay. Well, if we, okay, so we, me and B think, um, what's the name of the little little kid? Pedro. Pedro was the weakest, and you got you, you know think he's Marky weak Mark. If you can't remember his name, you're like, yeah, Who's but that I, dude. I can't remember anybody's names. Honestly, I, I suck. I I don't even know any guys' names. So you think Marky Mark? Because obviously that that natural hate that you have for him. <laughs> well, actually, I didn't. I'm gonna flip it. Flip it. It's fucking neutron. He has no point in the movie. Um, that's true. I thought that the creepy um, uh, coach was kind of a shitty actor, too. Yeah, I don't like uh, him I love that, all. dude. I love Bruno Kirby. Yeah? I just, I can't, know. like... You just hate him because he was creepy? Yeah, like... And that's why I, I think he's like, such a good actor, because he pulled that off so fucking well. Like, if you go and watch a movie like City Slickers and see him in that, it's a completely different Is kind he of the same creepy bald guy from Requiem? No. Oh, it looks like him, though, kind of. You talking about the coach? Yeah. No. no. Oh no, are he was a creepy crack? bald guy. No, I am on crack. Um, um just like apparently they are when they're coming off a of heroin. <laughs> Jokes are fun. Who is the best actor then? The mom. The mom, yeah. The mom or uh Ernie Hudson. Ernie played. was tight, yeah. He didn't have to do much though to be tight. No. So that's why I'm saying the mom over cuz she really, had more yeah, scenes. The mom. She is great in everything she fucking does. Well, I also do like um, um, the chick, the prostitute who sobers. Oh, up. Juliette Lewis. I do really like her. Mm-hmm. So, which character would you have had? Would you have wanted to be if you had to be a character in the film? I wouldn't want to be any characters in this movie. God, I wouldn't want to be any. I'd rather be dead. I want the cancer. There you go. I want to be I'd the be cancer Bobby. patient. Yeah. I just want to fucking <laughs> exit out of that yeah. scene as soon as I'd possible. I'd be Bobby. Just take me out. Give me the leukemia. Uh, I was going to be the drag queen in the bathroom. Because <laughs> you think about it, you're like, man, he's so disgruntled with life. And then he probably actually had the best outcome of it. Yeah. <laughs> he just died. <laughs> well, yeah, because if you, like, him, Bobby and Jim are supposedly best, best friends. And he went down this path because of Bobby's death. But then you have to think about it in your head. But did he, like, though? He was already doing drugs before Bobby died, though. He was just huffing fucking paint thinner. And you think, so it was an excuse. Way. It was an excuse. Bobby died, so now I got to get fucked up. Yeah, it's literally it was a gateway. And But you have to think about it this way. If he was truly your friend, would he want you to be doing this shit? Yeah, some people can't just deal with the grief. Oh, no, trust We've me. Had that talk. Trust me, I know this shit. We've had that talk, bro. <laughs> I know. You know, the, those, those that you care about, if... if if you think that they're, depending on what your belief system is, but if you think yeah. that they're down there looking at you, do you think that you're being the best person that you should, you, that they would want you to be right now? And uh, oh, I'm, I, I think I could be a better person. I completely person. relate with that. Yeah, so. I 100 percent could be a better person. I could, I'm an asshole to a lot of people that are close to me, and I could not be. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it sucks because I don't want to be like that. So I'm, I'm far from a fucking saint. But at least I'm not a drunk dick anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. One, one yeah. thing at a time. 
Yeah. It's good. I think it's as long as you want to sell it. Because, man, there's a lot of people out there who just don't want change at all. They don't see anything wrong with their behavior. I yeah. think as long as, like, you realize you're not perfect, then, like, you're always going to be able to change something about yourself over yeah. time. You know what, though, Jesse? You've been kind of mentioning something about this kind of the whole podcast in regards to that this is sort of like a taboo thing that people don't want to talk about. This movie was hard to find. I mean, granted, we I mean, we had to find it on, on a different platform that we don't normally use. I feel like the movies that are controversial that have this like strong, powerful message, maybe they do bury him. This should be on Netflix or something, right? People who like the mass yeah, media literally have to like buy it on like video on demand on Amazon. I looked; it was not on there, homie. Or seriously, yeah. Because wow. when I was looking, on, that's what I'm saying. When I was looking on Amazon, they didn't like they don't even sell it on DVD anymore. Mm-hmm. Brand new, you can only buy used copies, and we, for a used copy, we'll have to check the, uh, bucks. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's kind of makes you think like these, even though it's a shitty film, I think the story, even though it's like kind of told whatever and kind of, we agree that it's not a well, a well put together film, but the story is captivating good enough and the acting is good enough in it that to me it, it, that justifies the suck because it was a good enough story to get by with the it suck. It still touches the soul. Yeah. I mean, cause it's, but it's very real. Jesse was saying yeah. that that's very relatable. This shit is very real happening I think, today. I you think know? that's the whole thing though, is that it's just happening so much around us that nobody's <sighs> like, well, I don't want to do that in my free time. Well, it's the opioid that. epidemic, right? Yeah. But people aren't doing fucking heroin. They're doing blues now. Right. But it's just different. Yeah, fentanyl. Fentanyl, that's it. I only know it by blues. It's so bad. Like, I literally, the other day, I was just sitting in my room doing my makeup, and I got a text message, and this person was like, hey, you got got bars? And I was like... Like Zanny bars? Zannies? Yeah, I was like, who are... I was like, who is this? And they're like, uh, they're like, Sergio, this ain't cowboy? And I was like, I ain't cowboy. He's like, oh, we didn't meet at Acro, which is a gas station. Oh. Um, last night, and I was Arco? like, oh, Arco, Arco. There we go. And I was like, nope. He must have given you the wrong number. He was like, he was like, he couldn't have. But I, all right. I was just like, okay, bro. Like, you also called <laughs> school buses. But that's just how bad it is, you know. Like, have you ever? like actually really thought about why is america the worst country when it comes to drug consumption like because it's a privately owned for-profit as much company as, and industry that as much as we like to think of it as like i don't know I, f- I feel like americans have a hard time getting outside of their own country but it's like the rest of the world is like they have issues but it's not like america when it comes to drugs we're the number one consumer of drugs in the world and it's just kind of makes like, a lot of money dude it's yeah. crazy to think about yeah. like, what's driving that so hard here. Well, you know, the Rockefellers, they got rid of, like, back in the day, doctors used to, like, use homeopathic and, like, just natural remedies, like, shit back in the day, like, from natural things that you can find anywhere. Deet this, boil this with this, to like, all kinds of just natural-ass shit. I mean, they, there's there's countless stories of people who are able to cure cancer, people who are able to cure, like, these incurable diseases and shit by using natural remedies, and they're all very real. But but back in the day, Rockefeller was like, fuck all that. We're going to do, we're going to make big pharma, and we're going to make it so that way when we start taking drugs and shit, every doctor moving forward will only prescribe a fucking pharmaceutical medication and no longer prescribe any kind of natural thing. Not to mention the doctors are going to get a kickback for doing such. Yeah. So, like, when I told my doctor I was going to stop taking my medication he was like okay well i don't really know i'm gonna see you again then because like i was supposed to see him every six months because i was taking add meds and that's a controlled substance Mm -hmm. so they were like you have to see us every six months before we'll give you more pharmaceutical meth and i was like tight i'll do that and i did for a couple years and then i was like no more and he's like all right well peace he's my drug dealer right i mean he's my legal fucking drug dealer and people do that 
every day, all no, day long. It's I mean, crazy. We've had these yeah. talks before. It's, it's I've, real. I've been on Riddle. I mean, I was on Riddle and off and on my yeah, whole life. Too. And every time I went on it, like within months, I'm just robot like, life. Robot life. Yeah, this isn't robot doing life. anything <laughs> for me. It's not changing. The only thing that's ever actually helped me is like just figuring out ways to counter ADHD. Med- and, meditation, homie. And like just that's like how I do therapy it. and just therapy's f- great. Figuring out ways to get around it, but I just feel like. The, in this country it's just pushed so hard like you need to do drugs meditate in a steam room homie well that's what you know but that's what i'm saying a, a society that is undereducated a over fix uh, undereducated over medicated and are just fucking well easy. yeah like when i was that's easy to control it's made that way well they're not educated to learn no they're uneducated yeah well and even the educated though like there's plenty of, like if you, surprisingly enough one of the highest users of like drugs or like doctors and well stuff. i've heard because educated people well i've heard this thing that like smart people see the world differently so they have to fucking medicate because they understand that life sucks and it's just like that feels like a cop-out to me but i get it but that's only you know, in america I'll, that is a cop-out look at all the great writers in society and history from the great times they were all drunks right or they were all they use drugs right i mean that's very real every great musician uses drugs every great fucking writer poet they were all fucked up on drugs i mean you, it, it's all part of society but this has they're not doing anything to be productive in society and i'm not saying that taking drugs is a good way to be productive in society oh i'm an artist i like doing art let me do heroin so i can become a better <laughs> artist i'm not i'm not saying that by any means i'm just saying in this film they're clearly like this is just straight up addiction yeah. and the fucking the foul disgusting it's, things you will fucking funny do that you make that comment right there did you ever see the nbc show heroes any of you uh, yeah a little bit the character who could paint the future oh, but only when he on was doped out on yeah, heroin yeah <laughs> he was like a long skinny gangy guy never yep. wore a shirt and yeah, and he wasn't a jacked fucking bodybuilder you know looking though, motherfucker. But, but you know what's crazy to think about that though is he was predicting the future by taking medication, uh, altering a sense of of uh, existence. Right mm-hmm. back in the day, it's not too uncommon for a shamans. The Egyptians they had their shamans that they would go and they'd smoke like blue lotus or white lotus or whatever the fuck it was. They get fucked up and they'd be able to talk to the gods and then tell the rulers that the gods talk to me and this is what I say. In a way, he was kind of doing the same thing. He was getting fucked up and having these visions. Yeah, you know what I mean. He he was they they were, they always have to tie it in somehow that's mm-hmm. still a different podcast yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so maybe you're right it is subpar film not as great but it's still touching do you think this movie would have the same impact if it was released today and not in 95 i no. don't know well if okay I don't think people would want to see that kind of film today. But that's, that's what he's why. saying. They yeah. they don't want to see it, but do you think it would be impacting? Yes, it would be impacting, and that's why people wouldn't want to see it today. So, it so you're flop. both right. It would flop. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, it would definitely flop. It would flop. And that fucking sucks. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. Like, this is, like, I don't know who made the comment. Maybe it was you, but, um, like, this should be shown at, like schools and stuff like that like yeah i would i've always said i wanted to show a an episode of intervention to people at school just to be like look how raw this is like our our um we had this person come in and talk about alcohol how their kid died from alcohol poisoning and didn't even like talk about what it was like what alcohol poisoning was or like anything like that it was just like don't party too hard like that was the whole message that they were sending to us and it was just like pretty weak that that's how it was and it's just like i would rather show this like look guys this is 
this is how it is like especially your generation like when i was in school there wasn't just like here take this little pill that's insignificant looking and it's gonna fuck up your entire life like that's what your generation is living with that's crazy all I hear is that I can do it once and never get hooked. That's all I hear. And it's just like, how? But how? you're still encouraging kids to try the drug once. <laughs> right? right? Uh, blues are nasty, man. That's the one drug I've seen friends go to. And as soon as you hear those words, you're like, oh, R.I.P. Well, I there's these two people that I watch on YouTube. And one of them is... And located in California, like, for Figueroa Street and Skid Row and stuff. And then one's here in um, Phoenix. And when you hear in Cali, they don't talk about blues. They don't talk about pills. But when you hear the stories from here, all they're hooked on is blues oh, yeah. and It's huge, pills. though, on it's the East just, Coast, too. And it's just so like, sad. Mountain View is one of the biggest fucking pill high schools wow. in Mesa. Ugh. Damn, I didn't know that. That's, well, fuck yeah. so That's heartbreaking. Sad. Yeah, because it's more the families that live in that area that are in that have money district have a little bit more money, and yeah. the kids just go into their parents' fucking medicine cabinet and take whatever the fuck they want. Do you think they should show films like this in prison? I'm sure no. they do. I don't know. I don't think it's going to help. Is it going to make them crave that lifestyle? Or do you think I it's going to make like them be most, like fuck? Most I remember people being in like prison that. have already been through the ringer like they know but it's like a motivation to to stay away from it right because like you go in and they say institutionalized right like so you go in for pop for drugs and now you're in a bunch with a bunch of criminals and it's just like i could be sitting here learn like seeing films like this i'd be like damn that fucking sucks i was a heroin kid for a while and a lot of these guys are in here for heroin you don't think it would kind of make them think twice even if it's a shitty depiction like i don't think it would because in that same respected would be like showing oz to prisoners yeah dude you're dealing with some really living, hard people yeah. who are just stuck in their ways like don't forget your average prisoner they're not trying to reform themselves most uh-huh. of them realize they're going to be in there for the rest of their lives and they're just about the prison 90 percent of prison inmates are institutionalized once they get released in our country they're going to be yeah. back inside within three to six months right here though in other countries it's not like that no no no. but that's because other countries try to actually rehabilitate their prisoners correct they don't hear right the prison the guards only exist to make sure you stay in like it's crazy america's turned almost into the latin american model where the prisoners run the prison oh Oh, dude bro the guards are just there to make sure you don't leave fuck you have no idea how real that statement is dude i hated the fucking politics in there more the than inmate, anything uh, yeah and it sucks because a lot Fuck of people that. also get stuck because they're like yo i need you to go jump that guy and mm-hmm. if you don't do it like i'm gonna fuck you up yep and then bam you just got another five years yeah. like it's a really it's a tragedy do you it, know what the budget was on this film i was just gonna say this oh uh what do you guys think yeah let's guess okay so no special effects shady <laughs> camera work uh Dude, they got some pretty big actors well, when they're young. Well, right, but big name actors. I think the black dude is probably the highest paid actor in this. Or the mom. Him and Bruno Kirby. Was Bruno Kirby the mom? No, Bruno Kirby was the coach. <laughs> Sorry, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I'm real bad with names. But it's just, if okay. the mom's name is Bruno, Bruno, wow. <laughs> dude, I don't know. Sometimes we do it for What's a your name, man? <laughs> oh, my name's Bruno. I'm Bruno. I'm, I'm here Italian to Italian Bruno. <laughs> <laughs> um... 
I'm gonna say two million. I was gonna say a million. You gotta guess. A little bit less than a million. I'll go eight. <laughs> All right, eight mil. You're surrounding it. Um, and apparently, when I made the comment, would this people want to see a movie like this today and would have impact? Apparently, nobody wanted to see it when it came out either. Oh, this movie was made for four point six million, and okay. it only made one point six million. Whoa! <laughs> That's why it's not sold anywhere. Even even after is this a cult? This is though a cult classic nowadays, is it not? That's why it's so hard to fucking yes find, and, and no. the DVD's fifty bucks. It's well known among a certain group of people it's not a cult classic i've never once like seen a cult classic re-screening of basketball diaries oh because because it's a shitty film no it's just not one people are seeking out wow i mean that would be the same with train spotting though i don't feel like that's no that's absolutely 1000 percent a cult classic is it It yeah 100 percent it is dude 100 percent. that's why i was surprised they tried to fucking like capitalize on it with the second one and the second movie just sucked yeah i saw the beginning no, that's bad enough yeah I think that's, <laughs> yeah i either fell asleep or i was like this is not catching my interest <laughs> it's nowhere like near what the first movie was yeah it's not even close to the, what the first, first movie, movie made me cry so much that first one? Spotting? See, oh my that god one is that a was hard rough. fucking that's a hard movie to watch now this movie had hard scenes no. that's a hard movie I don't know when he shits all in the fucking bed sheet and then the mom is like, oh, I'll wash it for you. And he's like, no, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. And then she pulls the sheet open and, and it just, just blasts the shit everywhere. all over the fucking uh, kitchen or the <laughs> dining room table. That While was eating that guy. If I remember correctly, I think that's the guy that wrote Snatch. <coughs> and that's also the guy that was in Donk Julian Donkey Boy. I think so. That guy. <laughs> he's the shit. He, you get to see him naked. He passes uh... out. And she's like, Angus, it's time for sex, or whatever his fucking name is in that. And uh, he's all passed out. That's a movie I haven't watched in quite a while. I need to be transparent. Yeah. yeah, that's a good one. Um, okay. Now, there's a lot that I would change with this movie, but is there anything that you would add or take out of this movie? Besides a little more of the uh, Juliet Lewis character to see how she cleaned up. I think we kind of all have agreed we would like to know how much time had spanned from the, the moment that this, he gets fucked up to the end. And that would have been a simple damn graphic at the bottom of the goddamn screen. Just one title card is all it would have taken. Like every 15 minutes, just let us know the time, well, dates, do they, and times. Do they say anything in the very beginning about uh, where it's placed in time and date and like. Literally, location? the only timeline you get is that from the beginning of the movie to when Bobby's funeral is. That's six days. The only maybe defense I can give for that is maybe they're trying to portray like what it's like for an addict where they don't, you don't really, pay attention. They to don't time. give a fuck yeah, about it doesn't time. Matter. It just goes by. But as just, the watcher, I, know. I think we it, it would cater. I, I, I agree with Jesse. I though. actually like that artistic style, but as a viewer, yeah, no. in order to understand what the hell is going on, you need to have a timeline. I'm right? just trying to like yeah. figure out what's going on. I, I can see what they're going for, and maybe in his, especially since all he did was music videos, he's like, yeah, yeah, this will be great. Because like not knowing what the, <laughs> not knowing what shake the timeline your ass, shake is, your ass. it is kind of fucking like really jarring when he comes across Juliette Lewis in the street, and she's no longer fucking junked out. 
like she looks perfectly sober and all this crap. Because I could see how that works when it's like they're trying to portray the uh, the thoughts of an addict, where it's like, oh yo, like what happened to you? Do you have? And, and then his first thought is, hey, do you got money? Did we see any seasons? Right? Is that gonna kind of help us justify the he time? Did. No snow. Was there uh, any snow? There was snow. Remember when he passed out on the basketball court? Oh yeah, he but okay. So the so there were scenes where there was no snow. Was there scenes where there was bright and sunny and they were outside like doing shit? When they were robbing shit was at nighttime, no snow or rain. Mm. So we can kind of tell that it's like, because, oh, they go swimming in the very beginning. That's when they're younger. So it's summertime. Yeah. When and then it goes to summertime. Dive. Yeah. When yep. they're doing the cliff dive. And then it goes all the way through the seasons until snow, which it's, is winter. So maybe see, it's a full. I feel like it's just the way it was shot. And, and they're like, 16. They weren't at school. Yeah. It was through the summer. This happened mm. over the summer. Then we can get, oh, no. Because school's going they on and they, school. they, 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 get, they get kicked out of basketball. At right. some point, mm-hmm. I remember when that dude got charged for murder, they're like, they're going to try him as an adult. And I remember having this yeah. thought in my head, like, oh, these dudes are still kids? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, I thought they were, were adults. Like, yeah. yeah, you're right. There was, you could not. So it's during the school year all the way through the winter. Yeah. And then, yeah. then they drop out of school and then you have no idea how much time is. No, the only time is like they kind of throw that hint of like he sees that basketball dude getting ready to go to college on full ride scholarship or whatever. Do you think? Yeah, because they... Newton's the one that doesn't drop out. He sticks with the school. And then that's the kid and... that they see on the TV that's like, oh, he fucking made basketball guy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He's going to go to college. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yeah. And he was just as much of a screw up as they were. I mean, they just didn't. He just didn't go down their route. You know what it is? No, he, you're right. The route that they didn't go is they didn't let the fucking basketball teacher touch him. Or, <laughs> but this guy's like, yeah, dude, grow up away. See, just grip and rip it. Make like me a basketball star. what they need to star. do, if they wanted to shoot it that way, was they needed to give more the image of like the characters actually doing it instead of like, I kind of feel like they gave you an outside perspective of the addicts and it should have been more like, yeah, like when he gets fucked up, like wobble the camera around, give you an idea That's what I was saying. what's mm-hmm. going on in the addict's head. Better instead portray of, like, it. Third person portrayal of this happening. But it's like, well, as a third person, this doesn't make any sense. You no. gotta shoot this in the eyes of like, yeah, I don't know what day it is. It doesn't really matter. I just want to get fucked up. But they kind of shot it like third. Per- they did a first person story and, and a, a third third, person. Third, yeah. third story perspective. Yeah. It makes no sense. If they had done a first person uh, camera angle of him looking through the or trying to look through the door when he goes to his mom's house after all that time, that might have to me. If he had done it right, could have really made it a powerful scene. Like a first person, like him trying to see through, you know, because you see him and he keeps shoving his fucking face through like, a, you know, like those cat videos you see and shit where the cat looks all retarded with his eyes back and whatnot. Then he's like getting like one eye through, like seeing a first person view, kind of like you see yeah. in horror films. That would, I don't know, might have made it more <coughs> and kind of maybe like close up, closer up on the mother because that always adds more drama. Uh, since I've been watching these horror films and shit like that, it adds more to the intenseness of the scene. Close ups. It adds a lot. So I would have changed that to make it more intense. Because that scene was already intense, but that would have stepped it up a notch, I think. My biggest change, I would have changed directors. <laughs> That's a given, <laughs> I think. <laughs> like, there's a lot of people that I think that could have done a made an amazing, amazing. Okay, movie out so of then this. you you then peak the next best question is if you think that they did a modern version of this, do you think that they would shit the bed or it'd be tight? <laughs> Well, Who would you have do addicts? It? Of course, they shit the bed. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I shit the bed, and That's I just forgot. A given. <laughs> I forgot I had a baby. It just needs to be in first person. <laughs> that depends. Or would they puss out and not 
talk about a lot of the crap that this movie talks about, or would they go balls to the wall and actually do what they did in this movie? So, what's the most recent film about heroin? Can't be Train Spotting because that's old as fuck. Train Spotting too, probably. Yeah, <laughs> right. Seriously, um, seriously, I can't think of anything recent, anything about drug addiction. Requiem was after Train Spotting. Everything after that, like I feel like drugs have just been glory, uh, glory, glorified. There's a lot of glorified. drug use in yeah, Babylon. There we go. But it, Babylon's not really about drug use. Um, Dune, that's about drugs. I mean, that in all, a matter of speaking, yeah. Well, all of the fucking. Yeah, but it's not the, highlighting. The addiction. shit is a drug. Yeah, spice. Spice. That's it. Yeah, like all the good movies I can think of about addiction were like nineties, eighties, seventies. Anything past that, we just don't talk about it anymore. Okay, let's find out. And it's probably really because I don't think those movies and Train Spotting did well, but I think Four Good Days, twenty twenty. <laughs> Was uh, the most recent film about addiction, according to this. Four Good Days? Yeah, Four Good Days. Turns away from the ugliness. Never even heard of that one. Rodrigo Garcias? <laughs> nope. What's um, its Rotten Tomato score? Let's see here. Uh, 30 Best Movies About Addiction and Alcoholism. But I want just like the most recent. And yeah, I guess it is. Uh, the Lost Weekend, but that's from 1945. That could be tight as fuck. Wow. Um, a Star is Born. Oh, yeah, that's Lady that's a That's a tough one. That, really? Yeah, yeah. that what, one is That's pretty, a rough movie. Yeah, that what, one's pretty sad. What addiction? Alcoholism, pretty much. Yeah, I feel like alcohol is always the saddest. Uh, Flight from 2012. Another one about alcoholism and cocaine. This one makes sense. Days of Wine and Roses from 1962. <laughs> Damn, another one. 1946, Notorious. So the older films we're talking about this kind of oh, shit yeah. way more apparent than maybe we are. Hey, man, <coughs> you can't cut in the corporate profits. <laughs> Krisha it's from 2016. Train Spotting, 1996. Clean and Sober, 1988. That is a, that's one you have to watch. Michael like, Keaton drinking while he's driving to work is no, the picture. You want to talk about a rough fucking movie to watch? What movie is that? It's, it's called, called Clean, Clean and, and sober. sober. It's Michael Keaton. And, what year was that? Uh, 1988. And Morgan Freeman stars in it. Nice. It's a fucking heart-wrenching movie. Yeah? Oh, fuck yeah. Okay, well, I need to give that one a shot then. It's a great fucking movie. But you'd probably have to go on fucking uh, Cody for that one. Like, that's a hard one to fucking find. Drugstore Cowboy? Oh, Jesus. Matt Damon? <laughs> okay. Matt Damon is a drug addict, all right. <laughs> Smashed? Um, yeah, I can't really see Matt Damon yeah, playing that. I mean, I can't really see Matt Damon past uh, Matt Damon. Well, that's kind of <laughs> South Park ruined him for me. Or uh, Team America. <laughs> Traffic? That's a good movie. Half Nelson. When it's a man. It's not loves really a woman. about addiction, but did you ever see uh, Savages? Uh, maybe. We started watching it here, I think. Oh, I, okay. So I just didn't finish it. It was an Oliver Stone movie. Okay. About the uh, two guys that, uh, Sean and Sean, who grow weed in California. And they're trying, uh, the Mexicans, cartels are trying to buy them out. And they, the two of them are sharing relationships with Blake Lively. Huh. 
I know we started watching. We, we didn't started it. it. Yeah, like, this is it. a slow movie. It was like, it slow, dude. Really yeah, fucking slow. And I think that's maybe why I didn't go back and finish. Cause I was yeah, like, it uh, starts off pretty fucking. Uncut yeah. Gems is about addiction. Yeah, yeah. gambling. Gambling. Addiction. Oh, okay. Have you seen that? That's uh, a really good film. You need it's an Adam Sandler. Yeah. Well, he's in it, but we had this long talk about how he didn't do it. Um, let's see. If sometimes it, it'll tell you who fucking. That's one I would love to do on the podcast because. That was a really great film. It had me on the edge of my seat. Uncut Gems? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck. I okay. Yeah, I've heard nothing HBO? but good things. I haven't seen it either, but everyone's been raving about it. Just. It says, Word to the wise, don't read anything on it. Go into it blind. Oh, fuck. Everything film. out there I just read. just ruins it. Okay, then I won't read out loud what I just read about it. Um, if we're going to do that blind. The Hustler, 1961. Rocket oh. Man, 2019. The yeah. Panic in Needle Park. Yeah, that movie's fucked up if you've never seen it. Yeah. That so, movie's really fucked so up. So Jesse has seen some fucked up movies. I've seen we that kinda... one. Panic in Needle Park, man. I couldn't finish that film. Wow. There's like a scene where like I think they end up killing a baby or something. Like, yep. It's really depressing. <sighs> like the bunch of junkies trying to raise a kid and it just did not end up. So well. what we're learning in these movies with kids who are doing drugs and shit is if you got kids are dying or if there's, you know, you got babies around drugs. I mean, hell, even the COVID shot was killing people. Well, I mean, even people's in babies. Like, Shameless... Oh, yeah. Liam gets into the coke and then they have to rush him to the hospital yep. and Fiona gets Liam ta- uh, about to get taken away from her or something like that. It yeah. was heartbreaking. That was a very sad episode when Liam but got Doesn't into she the end coke. up going to jail for that? <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So then that's kind of answering our question, right? Because Shameless is relatively newer. And that's a television show that that's really kind of all about like, fucking addiction. Uh, yeah, the whole thing. And there's like ten ep- uh, seasons or twelve 11. seasons. Eleven. Holy but shit. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, because Frank, right? He's an alcoholic, and um, Kevin V are like sex addicts. Mm-hmm. Oh. And like then, it w- runs the gamut of all different addictions in that show. It really so then does. I give it props. And they also go into like mental health mm-hmm. and addiction mm. and stuff like that. Like. Honestly, that show did a good job. Um, and I like the fact that they weren't af- weren't afraid to touch the subject matter that they touched on. That's what I liked about Showtime at that time because they were putting some fucked up crap out there and didn't care. Well, Ryan, you were right. Leaving Las Vegas, 1995. Alcoholic torture is the name of the game. Yep. That's what we're doing next week, isn't it? Yeah, I thought it would be a nice tie-in to this. Basketball nice. Diaries, they got it in here, number 29. So the one that you said, Leaving Las Vegas, was number 27. And in here, Basketball Diaries is number 29. And then Ben is back as number 30. Hmm. Huh. So ours is at the bottom of the list that we were watching. So apparently there's a lot of other ones that we need to watch. Yeah, pretty much. Like, but I'll give here. you the idea of what Leaving Las Vegas is about is Nicolas Cage plays a Hollywood screenwriter working for an agency. He's pitching a current screenplay. They're firing him from his agency, but they give him a two years salary outright. He takes all his money goes to live in a motel hotel in Vegas, and his plan is to spend all that money on alcohol until he dies. 
Oh, Whoa. that's like the story of my friend Kevin, <laughs> except not in Vegas. It was in Mesa. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Whoa. <clears throat> wow. Because it said, uh, the little thing I just read real quick, that said he was going to move to Vegas. He was already an alcoholic, and he was going to move to Vegas. And that's mm-hmm. all I read, and I was like, dude, that already sounds fucking like a death. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's literally the premise of it. He's wanting to spend all it. Like, Elizabeth Shue ends up coming in, and he just hands her thousands of dollars. He's like... I want you to control this for me for the next two weeks, but don't want food, don't want anything like that, just alcohol. Wow, I think that's yeah. what Kevin did too. It, they they didn't a, find food. It's they a rough fucking bottles. movie. Jesus, damn. Okay, I'll watch that. That's gonna fuck me up too, because if that, if I mean, yeah, I, I think he this one started some waterworks with people. And next week's will also. It, yeah, it's a well, awesome. rough movie. Well, we had the whale, and then we yeah, had this, <laughs> and then now. Next week. That's true. And I mean, technically, we did re-watch Cannibal Holocaust, and that one's always kind of fucked up to watch, you know what I mean? Yeah, true. that was definitely, uh, I didn't expect to have to rewatch that again. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, yeah. I don't think Well, I we wanted to, but um, it was still kind of a bad no, idea. A good bad idea. I was talking about, I was talking about um, the Green Inferno, about like, the guy jerking off and getting chokes. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I wanted a, a, just guys being guys at my table. And I brought it up. And this one kid literally researched Green Inferno and then started, like, telling me about it. Like and I was it, like, I, I was like, he was like with the tribal people. And I was like, yeah. And I knew he just looked it up. I saw him go on his phone, type on his phone, and then put I his phone away. Like, don't. Don't because it was a little like Mormon he was kid. It you? was a Mormon kid too, and it's like I know you didn't see this. And then I started talking about Cannibal Holocaust, and I talked about the scene with the chick in the pool, and he showed the whole table because he was he just scrolled on images and found it. And I was like, yeah, and he was like, whoa, and I was like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then he was like, you've seen some really crazy <laughs> movies, and I was like. Yeah, well, I, I am on that. a I podcast. I hope you did that as you drank a Coca-Cola. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Put on your Dahmer glasses. <laughs> I feel like it's a flex to oh, be hella. able to... Well, I mean, well, yeah. look at you. You've dedicated a huge portion of your fucking life to films, right? He really has, yeah. right? And we are now just really kind of getting... And we've I've been watching movies most of my life and shit, but we get such a great point of view. Oh, yeah, and, exactly. you know, we get no, granted, I've shown you, like, the most notorious ones. <laughs> Absolutely. But there's a lot of crap out there that it, like, put fucking Cannibal Holocaust to shame. Oh, I'm <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah. 100%. And, like but, I said, Antrophagius. You watch that movie, you see, like, punch into a pregnant woman's stomach, pull out a fetus, and start eating the fetus. Oh, wow. my God. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. We're having a spaghetti dinner when we watch that one. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, we ate during Cannibal Holocaust. We did. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I ate during it the first time me and B watched it. The only one that I couldn't eat during when I was watching was Hannibal, the television show. That one was the only one where I was like, dude, I can't I can't eat while I watch this. I just couldn't. Yeah, my mom always thought I was fucking crazy. There would be like a horror marathon or some shit on dinners. Right? I'm like, grab a fucking TV trace. And I'm like, how the hell can you eat this and watch this shit? Yeah. I'm like, it doesn't phase me. Yeah. <laughs> and that was that fucking... Like, 10 years old <laughs> yeah you're like hey it was, but it, that's kind of the point that i'm making is like roxy's saying it's a flex that she's been introduced to all this shit yeah, and like it's a good flex you, yeah. yeah you and we're finally starting to get to kind of see that flex and enjoy it and you know that's 
We're all here because you you enjoy it so fucking much. It's nice to have movies like that in your bag bag of tricks when people are talking about the fucked up shit they seen. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. really? Check this one out. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I don't feel like kids at your school talk about fucked up movies they've seen. No. So when we were watching, because I I watched A Life Is Beautiful in English mm. class, and I didn't cry during it. I didn't, I wasn't shocked when the dad died, when Guido died. I just, I was just like, okay. And some kids were just like, one girl like turned away while he got shot. And you don't see him get shot. You just see him get carried into this room or like taken into this like concrete space wall thing. And he gets shot. You just hear gunshots. <coughs> and when and then when we were talking about cannibalism and like them getting turned into buttons and stuff like that, I was just like, this is... I don't know. Have you guys not heard of Ed Gein? Yeah. Like, right. come on no. now. Yeah. Like, no. <laughs> Ed Gein is the king. So so it's, just like, it's not even kids know. your age, just people in general. Like, this is a weird genre where I've met several people where, like, you mention stuff like Ed Gein. They're like, who? Yeah. Like, this like, is no really idea. a niche. Yeah. yeah. You well, don't think of it as a niche, but it's What a niche. he inspired all of those films. Right? Yeah. He's the reason that we have Texas Chainsaw. We have Psycho. But you know, I think it's like, like that. Leatherface. I'll say Psycho. Right? I'll say mm. Psycho. Texas. Technically, Toby Hooper has went on the record and saying he did not know who Ed Gein was when he wrote Texas Ah, uh, that's Chainsaw. right. We had that talk. Yeah. Right, right. But It was inadvertently yes. he stumbled across something Fair. very similar I'll to give him that. Ed Gein story. I, w- I would never say that man is a liar. So I, I, <laughs> yeah. I say that that's fair. But he uh, did inspire a lot of the other oh, brutal yeah. shit. I mean, he is... I mean, There's, you listen to last podcast on the left. I mean, yeah. Marcus always says Helgeen at the end, right? Yep. <laughs> and I'm totally cool with us hailing. Yeah, I don't want to. I'm not going to steal that. But I, lo- <laughs> I love that. Well, because they're always like, hail Satan, like at yeah. the end. And I, I love that so much. Praise Gein. Yeah. Well, there we go. We just yeah. resampled it. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Hail yourself. Hail Satan. Yeah, yeah, I know. I love that so much. Those kids kill. Watch that. Listen to that shit if you get the chance. Yeah, last podcast on the left. They is fucking good. kill Shout so out. hard, bro. They kill so hard. We Hate Movies is another good one in that kind of same vein. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, last podcast on the left is more true crime. and But it's a conspiracy and theory conspiracy shit. Conspiracy theory and shit like They're that. They're also professional comedians in the show. Yeah. I, I, love, I love them so much that I bought the first season of Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell. <laughs> um, and then I found it um, on something streaming that we have. But I, I, I love that shit so much, too. Those kids are so fucking funny. Oh, yeah. And you can tell they're having podcast. so much fun doing their podcast. They laugh so And the they're high time. and drunk as yeah, fuck. Or hungover and shit. shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God fucking listen to him i i listen to it all day while i'm working and i just i'll be sitting there and i'll hear something just got off and start laughing while i'm like doing my thing and then people probably think i'm psychotic because i'm just like doing my thing and also i'm just like oh my god and i throw my head back because i got one earphone in and i'm just like i <laughs> listen listen because yeah what's weird with them is sometimes like if they're on a certain topic you could be listening to four yeah, they have hour, chapters. hour and a half to two hour episodes just mm-hmm. to cover one topic because these motherfuckers but be, go well, on. Because the, well, it's because they know so much, right? Oh, now yeah. they do tangents they do, like, and they're they funny. They do a lot of fucking research. But, and they do, all of them though. And that's what I'm saying is I would love for us like like make an outline. Like we sit down, make an outline in the show and be like, okay, let's cover these topics and shit, you know, make it, make it better so we can talk more about the film. Because I got some great feedback from, from B about tangents sometimes can fucking ruin it for people and some people like the tangents so i want to find a happy medium you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? 
Um, but we love everybody regardless. Oh, absolutely. Are you about to go on a tangent about tangents? <laughs> um, yeah, that was my tangent tangent. Uh, I'm going to have to stop the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, get the fuck out of here. Um, bringing it back around. Would you guys recommend this? And what do you rank it out of 10? Um, I would recommend this movie because I think I'm the one that put it on the list. I think I was the one mm-hmm. that was kind of pushing hard to like, let's do this because I know Roxy hadn't seen it yet. And this is, to me, felt right in that line of films of like this kind it of raw It definitely fits in with a lot of the movies we've yeah. been watching. So. And I know this is one that she hadn't seen yet. And I think it's, I think it was a good movie for us to all see, maybe, you know, for the first time or second or third or seventh. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely recommend it. Um, we all kind of agreed that. It wasn't the best film made. It wasn't the best cinematography. The music was good. The sound editing was whatever. But again, because the story was so touching, I'm going to give it on just the story alone and how much just me as a specific person who's endured this kind of shit, I'm going to give it I'm going to give it like an 8. I mean, technically speaking, when I think about it in the in the whole entire grand scope of my uh I guess you could say career as being an alcoholic, um this was the movie that when I first had to take my first alcohol classes for getting in trouble for being a drunk person and then me coming here now full circle and being a sober person almost three years seeing in it. June, seeing it like it's it's it touched me a lot, you know what I mean? And in my no no place. And so I just I felt <laughs> like compelled. It's it's definitely an eight for me. So that's where I stand. Oh, Roxy. Um I would definitely recommend this film. The thing is with my I feel like with my generation uh, Sometimes, I don't know, it's kind of iffy to show kind of like drug-related films, especially if they're, like, I don't know. I feel like they kind of make fun of drug addicts and how they act and stuff like that. I don't know. I would hope this would, like, touch people's hearts, but, like, this is something I would love to share. Yeah. And be able for people to learn from this and, like, get hurt from this, you know? Mm. Be like, yeah. Don't touch this. But. Or maybe compel someone that they know that's going through this and to talk to them. No, right? Yeah. You know, maybe they're not the user, but maybe they know somebody who is a user I, and they see no, it. Absolutely. I do think of like my ex-best friend's dad, you know, so it's yeah. just like I feel for her. And, you know, if she saw this film, I know that this would like. Break oh, she her. would break down. Right. Yeah, exactly. It would be awful for her. But it's that, it's that fucking reality check. Like, holy shit, this is real. Like we all know it's happening in the bathroom or whatever. But yeah. We're just going to ignore it and act like it's not happening. But no, this this is real. Because when he would uh, say something, withdraw, he would go to a whole different place. Mm-hmm. He would run away from home and then he would come home relapsed. So. Um, I don't know. I'd rate this definitely like an 8 out of 10. I would, yeah, this film was definitely touching my heart and my soul. Yeah. Definitely touched my emotions. How about you, B? I would, I, I would recommend it. I think it was a, a good movie. Um, I, The problem is I don't know who I would recommend it to. A lot of the people um that I work with and stuff, um, they're not younger than me, and they're not too much older than me. So, mm. I mean, they're kind of in that. I don't know. I just don't feel like it would be Yeah. It would be their their thing to That's watch. That's fair. But, I mean, I, I would rate it like a like a seven and a half. It was a decent movie. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Justin? So, here's the way I would think of it. For one, it's a touchy subject that most people aren't going to want to see. So, if I'm going to point them towards a drug addict movie, I several others i'd recommend over this oh me too okay so 
maybe down the road if they're into that kind of thing, but not initially because I think it'd be like, oh, not the last time you told me to watch the movie. It was <laughs> blah, blah, blah. I'd be like, go oh, watch Train Spotting. Like that's the way I'd put it. Yeah, or I'd, Spun. Yeah, yeah, Spun, Panic and Needle Park. You should see Panic and Needle Park. Okay. It's yeah. a fucked up movie. Okay. Um, On the list of I, I'd put this at like a six. Okay. Yeah, I do recommend the movie, um, especially for people in a certain age range. I think everyone should see it at least once. Um, even with the story, I can't overlook how bad the like, film is made and a lot of the acting is in the movie, so I have to give it a five. But the lines weren't forced, at least, in regards to the acting. Like, they all said their lines. Like, it felt natural. They, you felt like they were all friends, and you felt like they were all in the addiction together, right? I mean, it would felt good and clean and genuine, to me anyways. Maybe not, huh? I, I just didn't it's like, not, I didn't like the no delivery. Cohesion. Yeah. No oh. cohesion of the story. Yeah. It's just kind of so choppy. There's so many different levels of acting in this. Like the stories, don't get me wrong, the story's good, the actors are good, but like everything else about it is. Like know. anybody in the movie, any of the actors that were 30 years old plus gave great performances. Oh, but it's all the young kids that suck. The actual druggies. The, the ones that you're actually about. focused on. <laughs> or the suck I ones. I cannot get it the main characters. back into their performances. Yeah. Okay. But I do recommend the movie, and I think people should watch it for the story. Yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio was too much um, Arnie from... Oh, yeah. Like, it was Gilbert straight Grape. up What's Eating it, Gilbert Grape, and like an addicts aren't fucking mentally handicapped. Yeah. I didn't they like are. <laughs> well, Afterwards, we're all mentally well, handicapped yeah, some way. I know I'm on the spectrum. And maybe it was before, during, or after the drugs, but yeah, I'm definitely on there now. But I know what you mean because yeah, rewatching it. it this week, I'm like, come even the way he's talking, like when he's asking his mom for money and shit, he's using the Arnie voice. Yeah, and That's the what she was saying, yeah. the yeah. the sniffling his snot mm -hmm. that and. Uh, and or like for the first the, time the he does bathroom. fucking cocaine. Yeah, no, that. <laughs> yeah. And um, in the bathroom when his mom's talking to yeah. him and how he's talking just reminds me of him talking to his mom and um, What's Eating Gilbert Grape, so. Yeah. Also, I think most And I liked his performance in What's Eating Gilbert Grape because it fit for that character. Oh, my God. It did not fit for soul. this character in this movie. Yeah. He did such a good job that that touched my oh, soul. Yeah. Like every time he climbed the water tower. <laughs> oh, my God. Every time I watch What's Eating Gilbert Grape, I usually watch Benny and June. Like oh, fuck. It's a, that's after. actually a really good... Mm -hmm. Benny and June's great. Because I like the fact that he's taking care of a mentally handicapped brother. Mm -hmm. And in Benny and June... He's got a mentally handicapped sister. sister but he's also so semi-mentally well, handicapped as well. Yeah. Yeah, Mice and Men. Oh, which is you. awful at the end. Oh, that's a rough one. <laughs> John Malkovich does a great job, though. At, and so does Gary Sinise. Hey, that's a that's a rough one. <laughs> yeah, we read that shit in high school. I read it, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then we had to watch it in class. Oh, see, we didn't get to watch it. And there was a dude that used to uh, was working with us at Intel, and he would just like fucking like grab shit, like and, like almost break it with his fucking grip. It's like easy, Lenny. What the fuck, <laughs> dude? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna hug it. I'm loving it. <laughs> Mark it with a P. <laughs> That's like Elmira from uh, Looney Tunes or whatever. Yeah, yeah, with yeah, Tiny yeah. Tunes. Um, or the big abominable snowman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. You want to go around? Okay. Um. 
again, I want to say thank you all for listening. Uh, these are always a treat and a delight. Um, yeah, take some time out of your day. Uh, write us if you'd like. Uh, moviepitpodcast at gmail.com. Fact check us. Fucking tell us stories or something or recommendations. We want to hear what you all have to say. Uh, but again, thank you all for listening. Go watch a horror film, suspense, uh, maybe something a, mysterious. A good old-fashioned porno. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Just, I mean, as many X's as you can get. Or just something maybe... You know, like Michael Jackson said, just beat it. <laughs> <laughs> He's right. Just beat it. Uh, we don't want to see that, though. No, don't send us that. But, uh, yeah, enjoy your time. Um, like I said, go watch some fucking movies. Tell some people about them. Make their day better. Or fucking show them a sad film. Uh, but, yeah, thank you all for listening. Catch you next time. Yeah, I'll talk to you guys next week. Later, later. Uh, I'll just add, if you're trying to quit, seek help. You can do it. I've watched lots of people do it. It's real. I've done it. And I was awful. I've watched lots of friends beat it. It's possible. Yeah. So, I, take I care. Can, I concur with that message. Um, like every week, I want to thank everyone for joining us. Um, and I want to thank all the listeners out there for the continued downloads and everything like that. Um, definitely check in next week where we continue this very depressing <laughs> <laughs> run of films with uh, Nicolas Cage and Elizabeth Shue and Leaving Las Vegas. This is drug addiction month. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's been like drug addiction year. It's like <laughs> drug addiction awareness month. <laughs> My birthday is on Monday. We did Kids, Requiem, 13. 13. Um, shit, what was after 13? We did something fucked up. Uh, Fear and Loathing? Was no, that? we didn't. Gummo. Because no. it was, it Gummo was, a, was in there. Um, but there was a specific... We didn't do bully, did we? No. No. Oh, we need to do bully. Oh. Uh, I have to look at this. Requiem, yeah. But um, we did a whole series of both fucked up yeah. shit like we do. So, oh, girl next door. That's what it was. She didn't watch that one. Oh, thank God. Don't watch that, please. Don't watch that. But definitely tune back next week. And as always, till next time, kitties. Thank you for listening to this, the Movie Pit Movie Review. We hope you have enjoyed your time. Come back to the Movie Pit Podcast each week for a new movie review podcast. The opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual hosts and may not reflect the views of RMJ Media.